Welcome to episode 113 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the Bumps and Bruises edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew. I'm here with my co-host, Joshua Fine. What's going on, man? I'm doing great, Phil. We had a lot of racing to talk about this weekend. You know, we had F1 debuting in Miami, debuting my state of Florida, so it was um, exciting to watch. Well, maybe not exciting, but certainly interesting to watch. Um, and then, of course, we had NASCAR uh, doing their throwback weekend at Darlington, and definitely uh, there was a lot of uh, throwbacks uh, on, the, on the track that I really liked, and um, you know, we had a I guess maybe a sort of a throwback finish uh, that you wouldn't have expected to happen at Darlington. So definitely a lot to talk about here on the GSP. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we come off the Miami Grand Prix, which I think was about 75% party and 25% motor race. Uh, Martin Brundle showed yet again that he doesn't know anything about American pop culture or sports. Um But even with that, there were so many goats there that one owner of a NASCAR team didn't even care that his NASCAR team was racing, uh, amongst other things, because he was hanging out with Lewis Hamilton. I choose that, too, considering how bad his NASCAR team is doing. Uh, We'll talk about the Miami Grand Prix, where Fish Lips takes his second consecutive win over Charles Eclair. Uh, Plenty to get into and chew on from that race and uh, leading into the European season. Finally, uh, we'll get into the race itself, the race, the racetrack and the atmosphere. Uh, what was it really? I mean, the track itself, for the most part, was all right. I would say there's probably that last uh, second end of the second sector is pretty garbage. Um, but otherwise, the track was serviceable. Uh, you want to get more takes on that, you can listen to the Grid Talk podcast qualifying recap where I went and uh, did a hit there. Um, we went into uh, more detail about the track then. We'll talk about it here, too. Uh, we'll get into Darlington all three races, as Josh said. Joey Logano gets his first win of 2022, uh, sends uh, Will Byron, who then um, throws a bitch fit, which fits the card and number he drives and the owner he drives for. Um, so that's that's good um, for a guy who who's sponsored by a, a university that's about um, going in sexually mis- Well, I'm not even going to go down that road with Liberty University. I just had to pay nearly 70 bucks for gas. These cocksucker oil companies and politicians making millions of dollars. I don't have to put $70. It costs $70 for me to fill gas in my car. It's fucked up. But um, that fucking cocksucker is never going to have to worry about anything in his life, crying wolf about Logano sending him after he put him in the wall on a restart um, coming off of two. And I will get in all that. A 10th different winner uh, so far this year. So that's a key storyline that we'll discuss. Um, Justin Allgaier goes and wins in another Dale Earnhardt throwback, a Blue Goose throwback. Uh, Goes and gets the victory. Uh, There was two Earnhardt Wrangler schemes. Uh, Jeremy Clements was on his way to a top 10 and uh, uh, went uh, Daytona 2001 over the, across the nose of uh, Ryan Truex's car uh, would have had a top 10 finish for both of them would have been uh, but unfortunate for that uh, all guy our first win a year John Hunter Nemechek gets his first win in a while in the truck series and kind of continues the whole Kyle Busch Motorsports Toyota dominance and they'll be racing this weekend in Kansas 
the roundup, we'll discuss the six hours of spa at World Endurance Championship and uh, one of their owners, one of the car owners in that series, interested in bringing that series to his racetrack. And uh, the W Series held their season dub- opening doubleheader at Miami, which was the Jamie Chadwick show and then a bunch of stuff behind her. So Bruce was proud. Uh, MotoGP and Moto2 will be racing this weekend at Le Mans, so we'll get into the point standings and some of the things going on in regards to, I guess, Suzuki and what might happen with those two uh, charters or whatever the hell they call them uh, in MotoGP. IMSA will be at Mid-Ohio this weekend, won't be a full field GTD Pro will not be there, so it'll just strictly be GTD, and LMP3 will make a return this weekend. So three prototype categories, one GT category this weekend at Mid-Ohio. We will also have the Formula E at Berlin this coming weekend for a doubleheader on the heels of uh, Apt Sportsline making a return to Formula E uh, here for the next season, season nine. We'll expand to 12 teams on the grid and 24 drivers. There's been news and shakeups in regards to the driver um, front, which is affecting the IndyCar side. And speaking of the IndyCar side, we'll talk about the GMR Grand Prix of Indianapolis. Preview that. A lot to get into there. The month of May, of course. They started at Baba, and now they'll be at Indianapolis Road Course for the first of two races there, leading up to, of course, the Indianapolis 500, which we'll get into in more detail starting next week. And then Cup and Trucks will run at Kansas. And, uh, you know, it's Kansas. And maybe Clint Boyer will get lost on the yellow brick road and they'll find another announcer. Or he'll take Michael Waltrip with him and they'll get lost in the woods. We'll, uh, Josh will talk about iRacing and his exploits in the 87 Cup cars and uh, Indy cars, along with any other racing there. And um, we'll close the deal updated some things on our twitter pages so you get to find out you can see where you can find us ev- anywhere um since things have been a little bit light in recent weeks so hopefully uh we'll be listening to this one so let's start with formula one miami grand prix uh, we see uh, max verstappen win again and uh i mean it's not really surprising he didn't really have a whole lot of laps leading up to the race itself He'd had uh, mechanical issues and um, other problems with spin and whatever, but push came to shove. He was able to qualify third and then make a good start, go around Carlos Sainz on the initial start and within ten less than 10 laps, using DRS, pass Charles Leclerc and dictate the rest of the race, set the fastest lap, gains an additional eight points to now be only 19 points behind going into the European season, going to the track where he won his first career Grand Prix, uh, what is it, six years ago now, which is crazy to think. Um, So Max Verstappen generally looking like he's similar to last year. Uh, You know, the Mercedes won the first race of the year and kind of was up there, but really Verstappen and Red Bull then started their dominance quietly. And in the month of May was when it really took off. In this case, he's already started that here at Saudi, went to Imola and made up a huge chunk of points, and then now we're here. So three out of the last uh, four races, he's won, and um, 
trying to get that uh, repeat championship, trying to get that constructors championship for Red Bull for the first time since 2013. Um, it looks like uh, they're on track for that there, Josh, um, after another uh, strong weekend at uh, Miami. Yeah, Red Bull, I think overall as a team, Red Bull was strong. I mean, look at uh, their pace advantage on the straightaways compared to Ferrari. You know, they had at least a six and a half mile an hour difference on the straights. And so I think that was you know one of the differences that definitely helped them uh, this weekend and definitely propelled Max Verstappen to victory. Although I think at the beginning of the race, you know, he um, didn't, it wasn't immediately that he had passed him because it took a couple of laps, you know, it took uh, up to lap nine to finally take the lead. But once once he uh, got past Leclerc, he was basically gone for the rest of the race. And uh, you know, Leclerc and the Ferraris, they just couldn't keep up. Um, they, like I said, they didn't have quite this uh, the same amount of pace that uh, the Ferraris did or that the Red Bulls did. So, you know, when you, you have that difference, um, generally it's not going to go your way. Uh, at you know, I think towards the end, like you know, within the last ten laps. Uh, Leclerc was able to close back into a half second lead, uh, you know, compared to Max Verstappen. But you know, Verstappen was able to pull away, and then he ended up finishing uh, three and a half uh, ahead of him at the at the end. So, uh, yeah, pretty dominant victory for uh, Max Verstappen here in Miami, Florida. And you know, it was um, not the first time he's won in Florida. I mean, go back to um, the beginning of his open wheel career. You know, he won um, the what the winter heat series in uh homestead uh florida which you know not too far away from miami so um kind of a coming no one say a homecoming victory but certainly that's you know kind of the beginnings uh, of his you know professional career you know before he got signed by red bull and everything so you know coming back uh to florida and winning the first you know miami grand prix with red bulls uh you know pretty significant victory and of course uh, now he's only 19 points behind in the points championship so We'll see, you know, what can uh, Verstappen do coming up in these next couple of races. You know, we've got a couple of great opportunities to continue to get back into it with, you know, Spain coming up and then the Monaco Grand Prix coming up. Both, you know, these racetracks aren't really known for overtaking. So, you know, if uh, they continue the progress that they've made in the last couple of weeks with uh, being able to have speed in the car compared to Ferrari, we'll look out. We may have, by the end of the, this month, uh, Max Verstappen uh, once again in the points lead, which... Yeah, it would be a repeat of last year where it took up into May uh, for Verstappen to go ahead and uh, take the lead in the points championship in uh, Ferrari or in uh, Formula One with uh, Red Bull. Yeah, and that's something that anybody who really isn't a fan of his has to be concerned, whether you're a fan of the Scuderia or elsewhere. Uh, The only thing that really made that race somewhat interesting there late was the contact be between Pierre Gasly and um, Lando Norris and Lando Norris ended up losing left rear on the backside uh, on the what is it I guess the second straightaway which is really the kind of snaking straightaway uh, out of turn five past the fake marina and um, that was the uh, full course uh, full safety car uh, that was um the only real drama, I guess, Sergio Perez had engine overheating problems, which is, you know, a continued trend. That's something that might be, I mean, I, I don't know what you're thinking, Josh, but I think that might be the only thing that'll hold Red Bull back here. Uh, their power unit situation might be the only thing that could possibly um, deny 
Max Verstappen in a second consecutive World Drivers Championship, albeit he didn't win the first one legitimately, and then um, get their first Constructors Championship since 2013 because uh, they continue to have these issues. They max at him during practice, then uh, his car was shutting off, and it, he basically parked in the middle of the road and screwed up other people's runs in practice when they were trying to set, you know, qualifying, you know, sim runs. And then, uh, and then Checo had that issue, but Checo believes he could have had a winning car if uh, he didn't have that. So, um, I mean, to be fair, though, we'll get into the results here. I'll let you comment on that in just a sec. Verstappen wins, leads 48 laps, of course, gets the fastest lap, as I mentioned. So, um, gains eight more points on Charles Leclerc qualified on pole. Wasn't happy with his pole lap, but it wasn't uh, the worst lap. In the end, Carlos Sainz had him beat in the first two segments, and then in the third segment inexplicably couldn't get through, which is interesting relative to some of the other people that were on the grid there late in qualifying in Q3. But Carlos Sainz does finish third, holds off Checo, gets a finish after a recent dry spell for him. George Russell comes from 12th on the grid to fifth uh, pit stop sequencing and uh, strategy calls by Mercedes yet again, uh, lead to interesting results. They led to in part giving George the opportunity to end up passing Lewis Hamilton because um, Bono and uh, company didn't want to pit the, the 44 car. I'm starting to wonder if they need to just change the freaking numbers and everything back to uh, a different color because he's got this like Valentino Rossi juju going on where he's running like he's about 15th and it feels like that. But um, it's my own personal superstition because the car sucks. But the reality is the guy who's driven a shitty car his whole entire career has no problem with it. Um, Yeah, he had problems in qualifying. And I think that's another point. Josh, that you can get on to in regards to not only Ferrari and what they're doing with Leclerc and his trying to hold on to this points lead science and some of his performance, but Mercedes showed pace in practice this weekend for the first time since uh, testing. Uh, George Russell led FP2, Lewis had pace in FP3, but once they got on full tanks in Park for May, um, situation car was garbage in qualifying uh, george couldn't even get out of q2 they couldn't warm the tires up well enough or quick enough to make a good run lewis ended up qualifying behind valtteri botas again um which is convenient and uh i mean it's it's weird to me how i mean it is it's weird but it isn't in regards to what mercedes are doing it goes back to what i said i've said it here I said it on Grid Talk previously. This has screams shades of the McLaren 2009 when they completely effed the car up so bad and they missed on the arrow and the downforce and all so bad that the car was a, was just like a dog. I mean, this car isn't such a dog that they're like completely out to lunch, but relative to the top two teams they are, but they're on their own little world now. The Mercedes are having their own intra-team battle, and then everybody else is behind them. That's literally what we're talking about right now, which is not great um, for for a lot of people. I mean, I guess there's plenty of people that are happy about it. I'm not one of them, but um, 
when you're a fan of a guy who's one of the greatest ever and he looks pretty ordinary, it's not great. But I'm happy for George Russell because he's proving all these naysayers that, oh, he shouldn't have been in the ride. Well, I think he's proving he should be in the ride. He's finishing the top five of every effing race so far this year in a car that's literally one of the worst cars on the grid. It's not an Aston Martin or a, or a Williams or a whatever boss or one of these cars that's probably second tier, but it has second tier characteristics. And it's hurting George, too. Uh, young boys having issues with his back, his neck, and whatever. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's got masseuses on call and a girlfriend or whatever he's got going on trying to go and massage him because he's probably hurting. Russell, Hamilton, fifth and sixth, so good points for them to consolidate their spot in the constructors. Valtteri Botas finishes seventh for Alfa Romeo. Esteban Ocon finishes eighth after starting dead last, crashing in FP3 in a yet another example of Formula One making a track and not having every wall covered with some sort of either um, safer barrier or tech pro or whatever. It's like how Jeff Gordon, I know you. this is a good reference, Josh, where Jeff Gordon would always find the wall that was uncovered. Formula One drivers will find the wall that is uncovered and not properly um, protected. Uh, and so that's happened. That happened with Carlos Sainz. It happened with uh, Esteban Ocon. I think it happened to one other person. I'm forgetting off the top of my head. But um, And they were not happy about the response uh, this weekend with that. Um, Alexander Albon gets yet another points finish for Williams in the worst car on the grid. So a 10th and a 9th place finish for him. He has two more points than Fernando Alonso, who lost his uh, spot in the top 10 because uh, I think he dumped dumped uh gasly i think is what it was um or yuki Tsunoda, one of them he dumped one of them and got a five second penalty so stroll started 10th finished 10th and i said it on the grid talk podcast the squirrel has to find a nut once in a while and that mfr actually got one uh in regards to other people daniel ricardo may have had the best helmet on the weekend he had the ace ventura throwback um i was marking out for that his driving, I uh, wasn't marking out for. It's everybody's talking about who's going to replace him. So it tells you how it, how bad it's become for Daniel Ricardo. And let's see, Mick Schumacher and his uh, mentor Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, they got into it. And uh, Sebastian Vettel, who was quite outspoken all weekend, uh, was very quiet and and direct in saying what gap was there or what gap was that? Uh, so I guess he probably went and uh, probably smacked uh, Mick around a little bit or slammed him in the face with the beer. Or I don't know, whatever the hell Germans do when they want to have an argument. Um, I mentioned, yeah, Gasly, of course, uh, had the issue with Lando Norris and both of them retired. And then Joe Guan Yu uh, lost weekend for him, had a water leak, had to retire early in the race. So, uh, went over the whole grid there. I'll let you go, Josh, in regards to some of the things you thought about before we get into the, um, I guess the track itself and some of the, I mean, talk about, you know, with Ferrari, Mercedes, and then the other keys, I would say, uh, that we saw like Alexander Albon getting yet another 
great finish for Williams uh, with something that is not that good. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, starting off with you know Ferrari, I mean, they just got to continue to do what they've been doing, and that's uh, just finish on the podium. And so far, you know, this season, that for the most part, they've done it. Uh, Carlos Sainz, he's had a bad couple of weeks before this race and managed to finish on the podium here. So a little bit of a bounce back uh, compared to his last couple of results there. You know, I think for Mercedes, um, I mean, they seem to, you know, have, you know, good speed, like you said, in practice, but they just haven't figured out how to translate it into uh, qualifying speed. And you can see it's hurt their progress as a team because, you know, you have to spend um, a lot of your effort coming from the back of the field. There's really no chance to win or score podiums. And, um, you know, Lewis has qualified poorly a couple of times this year. And uh, George Russell didn't make out a Q2, like you said. And, I mean, George had some pace. I mean, look at uh, where he finished compared to where he started. And, um, I mean, he was uh, doing pretty well there. And so I think, you know, if he's able to qualify a lot closer to the front, you know, he's able to at least, you know, make it all the way to, um, you know, Q3 and uh, qualify at least in, you know, the top five. Maybe you could uh, see something from that team and possibly getting a a podium there or more of podiums. But, um, you know, they're also fighting with each other. I mean, you uh, saw them – battle each other Lewis and George Russell uh towards the end of the race and um I think you know Lewis talked about if uh the safety car didn't come out there's probably a good chance he would have uh finished in fifth um which you know tells you how much uh, Lewis is struggling right now as a team compared to you know the previous years where they were a championship contending team being able to um you know compete and win races and now they're uh, basically um, almost, you know, they've, they've gone from the best team to the third best team. So now, you know, they've got to, um, you know, get better in qualifying and figure out what to do to at least break into the podium ranks. So we'll see, you know, what happens there. Um, I think, you know, for the rest of the, uh, the teams and the, um, in this, uh, top 10, I mean, yeah, Alexander Albon, uh, continuing to, you know, get the most out of his car, uh, you know, last time he was in the points, uh, they did it due to strategy and I hear they, you know, are able to kind of replicate the same thing. Um, I did see some posts on, on Reddit where, uh, I guess he had colored his hair in Australia and now here he colored his hair. So two for two in the, uh, category of finishing the points. Actually three uh, for three, three for three. He went to Thailand and got uh, his uh, hair colored red, and ever since then, this this performance bump for him specifically has come along, where they've put together three consecutive good finishes. Yeah, yeah. So you got that. I mean, Valtteri Bottas, um, you know, carrying the flag for Alfa Romeo, and they managed to come home in, in the points in seventh. Uh, they didn't have the best starts the weekend. They, you know, did. Uh, crash in first practice so uh that you know there's a little bit of a setback there but managed to recover from that pretty well uh fernando alonso you know didn't i mean i think he was kind of battling kind of mired you know towards the back half of the field but uh didn't manage to crack the the points uh this week so um you know he's probably maybe a little bit disappointed in that especially since his teammate you know, got into the points, and uh, I think Fernando Alonso probably considers Miami a, a place where uh, he likes to be at uh, quite frequently. It seems like so, uh, maybe a little bit of disappointment there. Um, I think, I think for me, the maybe the biggest team that I was disappointed in was McLaren. I mean, obviously, uh, Daniel Ricciardo didn't have uh, the great greatest pace or the greatest finish, and you know, there was a point where he was the last car running uh, on the grid. But then you know, after the crash uh, with Lando Norris and Pierre Gasly, 
He was able to you know make up a couple of spots from that and uh, pick up 13th. Still not in the points, but you know at least maybe it's a little bit better than um, than 17th, uh, which was where he was at uh, before all that took place. And then um, you know I think Lando as well. Um, he qualified you know in the top 10, but uh, didn't really run all that often in the top 10. Uh, so I think, you know, McLaren, especially coming to the States, they've got to be a little bit more, uh, you know, disappointed than maybe some of these other teams. Uh, you know, I think, you know, they expect a lot of themselves and um, at least in this race, you know, they haven't been able to put on the performance and, you know, overall as a team, they've been uh, pretty inconsistent there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's it for, uh, the results, you know, what I, what I think, but I mean, going to the track, I mean, like you said, it wasn't a, uh, really bad track per se. I mean, it was, um, you know, uh, okay-ish design, you know, a lot of S's, uh, a couple of DRS zones. Um, and I think, you know, the only real, uh, tricky part was the section, you know, uh, for, uh, turns 13, 14, and 15. That was a pretty tricky part there. Um, and you can see it, uh, based on, the amount of room that they had to go through that and, uh, the, you know, the amount of, um, uh, turns or, you know, they had the 13 coming out of 13, you go into turn 14, it's a 90 degree corner and then go into another immediate 90 degree, uh, corner there in turn 15. It's, uh, pretty similar to me. And, uh, if you look at Nashville street circuit, you know, another track that, uh, goes around a football stadium or is makes a football stadium, um, centric to the track but uh that section in nashville you know turn seven eight nine ten and eleven kind of reminded me of uh or miami reminded me of that section great so, point yeah so definitely a pretty tricky part right there uh for uh the uh, teams and definitely uh something to maybe consider next time with uh, the track design but you know, we'll see if um they have any uh revisions to the track design here um Certainly, there could be some improvements, especially, like you said, with uh, some of the safety stuff, whether they need to add more uh, safer barriers or, or tech barriers or whatever. So um, definitely uh, some improvements could be made there safety-wise. So, uh, But otherwise, I, I feel like you know the track, uh, fairly fairly modern in, in design, uh, just you know some sections I think maybe they could have improved on, especially with safety. Yeah, I think, I mean, all great points there, man. Uh that Mickey Mouse section with that crap chicane and then the really narrow uh, entry or into that last straightaway, which is uh, parallel to the highway, um, yeah, it's not great. I think uh, they could have basically either went and made like a really hard, like they might have been able to, whether it's make two 90-degree corners, it's basically make a short shoot and then lead into that straightaway. Okay, fine. You have five less corners because Formula One will take make anything into a corner. You take away all of that. You do a hard braking zone. You have a short shoot that then leads into you another DRS zone. And then in turn, you're also taking out some of the issues in regards to some of the safety aspects. You get rid of that stupid curb, which you could go and hop and really F yourself up. Um yeah, you'd have to go and and probably re uh, look into some of the aspects of walls for that. It the, the rumor was through this whole process of trying to make this race happen, some of the uh, designs and configurations of this track were going to use other roads, like actual roads that were, I guess, regular roads relative to the being in the parking lot because it wasn't a parking lot. Um, 
And that was part of the reason why there was so much pushback. So being able to utilize, you know, a parking lot or car park or whatever you want to call it, and then having you to be in within the confines of that. I mean, IndyCar's done it many times over their years, uh, whether it's, uh, I mean, you think about Houston with uh, Reliance Stadium or whatever. I think they did it in front of the baseball stadium, but then they now they do they used to do it at Reliant NRG whatever the hell they call it now they they did multiple versions of the race at Houston there um you know uh talking about like now Toronto they do that um and that's affected that configuration of the track Meadowlands you know going back many years um there there there's plenty of examples of that um of how IndyCar in Nashville is, is, as Josh mentioned, is the most current example. And they have that stupid little Mickey Mouse section before they lead down the big bridge the other way, um, which is now going to be the start finish, or at least where they start the race. And um, I guess finish race. I, I think they're going to start the race there so they don't have as much of an issue. And then the start finish line, kind of like mid Ohio, will be in a different spot. Uh, by the stadium so track was fine middle of the road um it looks like the fan showed up my cousin was there with his family with his big brother and his mom and dad and all that and a happy mother's day uh i know it's post mother's day so you know i wish my mom uh on the phone while i had to work so uh hopefully josh you're able to do it in person um, I was able to do it later, but um, they got to go and watch the Miami Grand Prix, which I joked around with my, uh, it's like my cousin's uh, basically my Ollie and I'm like, yeah, his older brother. I'm like, did you give up an organ to go there? Like for fuck's sake. Like, yeah. It's like thousands of dollars. He went all three days and it was like a whole family thing. Like, I guess they're flush with money. I don't know. I don't have any money. I guess that's what it is. Um, uh, you got to get your cousin to hook you up, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I don't know. I need to do something because uh, to get to go to that party, it looked like it was a lot of fun. It wasn't about the race. I, I know that for sure. It's the way that I go to a NASCAR race if I was. I mean, I'm not going anymore. But if I'm going to races in general, more than likely, I'm going to have fun. And I know that I'm going to enjoy myself. But this is like a whole different level. This is all about the party, pomp, and circumstance, and all that crap. And even if the track wasn't exactly the smoothest track, which makes sense uh, because it's a parking lot. Um, I mean, the fact is they redid, they put this track down, they still couldn't get it smooth. So I don't know about, I mean, you're the one that can talk about it because you're a Florida a guy through and through does that fit the florida dot in regards to paving roads they're not able to make smooth roads or was this just a f up by tilkey and company in regards to to trying to make a car park into a formula one track well i mean i guess it makes sense but you know i'm i'm gonna say that i'm gonna say that it's on the company because uh you know usually private companies should do a better job of uh paving roads than the government so yeah. um, i give it on to the people that formula and put in charge to make the track because yeah that was interesting seeing some parts that had patches clearly that were redone uh leading up to the race and so uh, yeah i'd 
classify that on the the builders but i mean yeah i guess it is representative of um you know parts of florida there's definitely a lot of roads that you know, are pretty bumpy and then there are other parts that are smooth so yeah i guess it does fit so um i mean you just got to figure out your way around the roads and everything but you know i mean haven't really had too many issues but you know i know there are some roads that are worse than others but you know i think you can say that about most uh places here in america that are like that but yeah. i mean yeah it's definitely a, a party atmosphere for sure and you know hopefully hopefully next year maybe i can try to acquire some or maybe save up some funds and try to go or something like that um gotta gotta start planning out some of these trips i guess to be able to go to racing events like this and other you know uh, events, uh, other races uh, around the country and even around the world. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Just save up, go to the Rolex and the 12 hours of Sebring and save yourself a lot of time and energy. It'll cost you a lot less. Oh, yeah. Um, the, 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 I make that joke because the roads here in New Jersey suck ass and the Turnpike Commission keeps on putting up uh, tolls, but the roads still suck. So it kind of makes sense that they couldn't make a smooth road on a new track, which is ridiculous to me. Um, but then they can say, oh, well, it's in a car park, and it is in Las Vegas, uh, the Las Vegas car park, uh, like the 80s. Um, so if they fuck this one up, I can only imagine what they're going to do next November for the Las Vegas strip race um, here next year. Uh, that'll be something. But um, whatever. Uh, if the, if this if this race in Florida was this big of a blowout, uh, I am pretty certain that the Las Vegas race is going to be insane. It's probably going to be pretty insane, and the amount of fake boobs and fake people and whatever and grifters and whatever will be uh, out in force at that point. And it'll be past it will be past midterm elections, and then some of these other scumbag politicians will probably be out there too. Speaking of uh, scumbaggery, um, a guy who drives for a scumbag in, in multiple ways uh, got moved by uh, Pizza Face. Uh, William Byron cried wolf as uh, he got sent into the three and the what was turns one and two, now turns three and four wall on the final lap of the Goodyear 400 at Darlington to let Joey Logano in a throwback to his original um quarter mid uh, quarter midget that uh his dad and his parents bought him uh win his first race of the 20 his 2022 cup series season um had his wife and kids there the whole bit his mom was there they're booing the crap out of him so it just fits the narrative for joey logano people it's amazing to me uh, the way that Joey Logano unites a lot of segments of fans of how much they hate him. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of get a kick out of him. Not, I mean, I, his voice is annoying and he is a pizza face and he is a geek. Um, and he has a receding hairline kind of like Chase Briscoe and all that. And that's must be a Ford thing, I guess. Um, and Harvick too. Harv, well, Harvick's had a receding hairline going way back, like way yeah. back. Like but I mean, the fact- matches with, with Logano though. Oh yeah, yeah, and and they're both douchey too. So it, it's all it all kind of fits. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like smoke being fat, and then all of them have no hair. Um, but um, <laughs> but uh, 
I can say that he's, I've been a fan of his for years, whatever. Um, and the fact is he knows he's fat and he doesn't care anymore or he's lost some weight cause he's married now. He has to, uh, to keep up with his smoking hot wife. Um, but, uh, Logano goes and, uh, wins that race, uh, pisses off a bunch of people in the process, which is great. Um, his first win of the season, Logano led 107 laps, so he led the most laps. He started on pole, uh, made up a little, he got a lot of points there uh, yesterday. Tyler Reddick gets another second place finish, so you got to figure at some point. I mean, granted, uh, Chase probably didn't assist in that. He probably should have a first win by now, but um, Reddick is on the cusp. Justin Haley from the Boondocks uh, finished third. Uh, 29th to 3rd, Kevin Harvick, 35th to 4th, getting yet another top 10 at Darlington, Clyde, 34th to 5th on a backup car, Kevin Harvick didn't pass inspection, so they didn't even qualify twice, whatever, so that's pretty good, My uh, Christopher Bell, 6th, Michael McDowell finished 7th, holy crap, um, Oh, Richard uh, finished eighth, so another top 10 for the 47 after the horrendous start to the year they had. They've had Austin Dillon ninth and Daniel Suarez in a Dale Earnhardt throwback finished 10th. His teammate, uh, Ross Chastain, led, won the second segment, finished second in the first, and then got wrecked. Um, or else he might have had a chance to win in the Dale Earnhardt, pseudo Dale Earnhardt throwback. Junior throwback because Teresa Earnhardt um, threw a bitch fit and they had to put that little track house cross through the one. Dale. Um, I just have to do it because Armando is one of the owners of track house racing. Um, you did pretty well. Uh, Kyle Larson, uh, he's glad he's won a race this year. Uh, otherwise, it's not, he hasn't had a whole lot to show for it. Blew an engine. Uh, Corey LaJoy is definitely stacking pennies, finishing uh, 35th and um, kind of running like what Marty Robbins did most of the time in his career. God bless him. Um, but, you know, good throwback and not the good result. Brad Keselowski uh, definitely had erectile dysfunction yesterday. He was hitting everything but the lottery. Um, hit Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch rage quit and parked his Ernie Irvin car right in front of the garage, got out of it and said, fuck it. Um, his wife was getting into it with some some incel on Twitter who was giving him shit for wanting to take, get Trevor Bain as his backup guy to go and drive the car if the their surrogate goes into labor. I mean, holy mother of God, what's wrong with this sport and what's wrong with our country um, when you have so many people like him and David Land and some of these other idiot sticks that just fuck. I mean, what the fuck's wrong with this world where we're at? I mean, there, I'm not even going to get into some of the other crap. I mean, this is just a racing and a sports show, but Holy mother of God, we've lost the plot. Um, Martin Truex Jr. Had uh, the second in stage two, fifth in stage one and uh, wrecked going three wide coming out of two and took out uh, the two, uh, 2311 cars in the process. Denny Hamlin uh, continues his nightmare season, another outside the top 20 finish. And um, Chase Briscoe finished behind Cody Ware. Wow, hell is freezing over. Um, it kind of makes sense. 
considering he was driving that fucking Tony Stewart target throwback. And um, Tony was leading the Indy 500 in that car. And then um, the bottom fell out. And then uh, Elio Castro Dash Neves happened uh, and won that race. Uh, Tony wins that race. Where Elio Castro Dash Neves would be a three, two and a half time winner of the Indianapolis 500. I mean, I guess I, I should say three because I don't like Paul Tracy. So he is a three time winner of the Indianapolis 500. But he's, I thought he's a four time winner. He is now. a four time winner now. But Tony had the car to win that race in 2001 and uh, ends up finishing sixth. So I don't know what the hell they did in the last segment. I need to go watch that race back now. You know what? After they ran that crap, that fucking throwback, and they talked about it, Mahindra guy is big. You know, Chase Briscoe's wearing the whole lightning thing, the whole target lightning thing going back to Juan Pablo Monterrier, the whole bit, Alex Zanardi. I need to watch that race again. Now, now I'm, that's if I can get through it, I'm going to watch that race again just to see. Because I know in 98, Tony was leading and he blew up and parked in turn one, dropped like a S-bomb uh, when he was getting interviewed by Jack Root, which was pretty good. Um, 99, his car was dog shit, uh, but he finished seventh a lap or two or three laps down. Um, and then he threw up all over himself and whatever the hell he did in the 600 when he had a chance to win his first career cup race. That's beside the point. I'm going down a whole big uh, rabbit hole there. Uh, Let's see. We got Hamlin, got stage points. Yeah, Eric Jones was a guy who had uh, tough luck there yesterday, ran way better than his result showed in the uh, Richard Petty 19 59 Daytona 500 or 1959 convertible race throwback. Uh, since his uh, teammate drove a Daytona 500 1959 throwback to the winner of the 59 Daytona 500, Mr. Lee Petty, um, Ty Dillon actually got a 12th place finish. God, God love him. He actually got a decent finish. I mean, you got to, and you have a wife as hot as um, um, Haley is. Um, uh, even though he sucks. Um, Byron finished 13th after he got sent by Logano. So, yeah, that's all, I guess, of the people that really got stage points, went over all of that. So, um, yeah, Josh, uh, I guess the initial thing to talk about is the the end result, which is Joy Logano and William Byron getting into it, William Byron being butthurt about it, Joy Logano being his usual self. Um, Jeffy being butthurt about it, being his usual self, um, William Byron throwing F-bombs and S-bombs and whatever. So he's going to get paddled by, uh, um, Jerry Falwell, uh, today at school, or he probably did today at school. And then, uh, he probably videotaped it. So, um, with all that, we take into account another different winner in the cup series this year. Yeah. So we got. 10 different winners now and plenty more, I think, uh, to come. But, you know, in this one, uh, Joey Logano, um, you know, he hasn't won yet this year. And I mean, well, we think he's won this year because he won the, the clash back in LA, which was already so long ago. It was three months ago. And it's crazy. We're, um, he hasn't actually won a race yet, but of course, 
moves uh, William Byron out of the way, sends him in turn three with uh, coming into the white flag um, and takes the win, which, I mean, this is really a, a vintage Joey Logano move. I mean, go back to 2009, the uh, Toyota All-Star Showdown. He um, wrecked, uh, I forgot who it was, I think it may have been Matt Kobaluk or uh, somebody like that. Uh, sounds, you know, that guys. sounds pretty pretty good. If it was yeah, a K&N type, what is now the K&N or, or ARC E series? Yeah, he probably ran over Matt Kobolock. Oh, yeah, yeah. For uh, 2009 Toyota All-Star Showdown back in uh, Irwindale. I remember that. I don't think I watched it, but the clip's on YouTube, and he crashed him there for the win. Uh, I mean, he ran over Danny Hamlin and uh, Fontana back in 2013 and, you know, broke his back. And then, of course, the deal with Matt Kenseth a few years ago back uh, at Martinsville and leading up to that um, moved uh, Martin Truex out of the way. Uh, Martinsville to get into the homestead for his championship. And he won the win. championship. Yep. So, I mean, it's vintage Joey Logano there. And then, you know, he acts like, you know, he was wronged or something. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't think what William Byron did there off their last race start where he, you know, put him into the wall. I don't think it was, you know, malicious or intentional or anything like that. I think he's just, he ran out of racetrack and used him up a little bit there. So, uh, I think that's more of what it was and they're going driving both of them hard for the win. So, um, you know, Logano, uh, wrecks him there and, or, you know, not really wreck him, but just puts him in the wall and, um, which I mean, I guess is fine and everything, but, you know, gotta, gotta hope. I mean, that's the, you know, that's the standards these days for, um, the drivers, like we've said since the beginning of this show, the drivers don't really have a lot of respect for each other anymore. And the ones, the ones that do are the ones that are, um, not finishing well these days and like Harvick and I mean, even Danny Hamlin and some of the old stalwarts who, you know, um, kind of learned the trade back in the, you know, the mid two thousands. Now, you know, got Joey Logano kind of the first of this new generation of racers that, you know, don't really, um, have a whole lot of respect on the track anymore. Um, I think, you know, he's, uh, definitely, uh, the first of that generation where, you know, they don't really do a whole lot of, uh, giving it's a whole lot of taking. So, you know, Joey Logano now winning this race, of course, um, in vintage fashion. So, uh, that's, I mean, that's how it ends for, uh, this race. And, you know, we'll see William Byron probably lead a couple of more races here coming up soon. It seems like they've got the, the speed in their cars. Um, it seems like they've somehow inherited whatever Kyle Larson had last year. And now they're the ones winning the races. I mean, they've, you know, they've won two races so far to start the year, but you know, they've lately been in the lead at a lot of these, uh, events. So, uh, I think, the 24 they've um you're not going to see the last of them they probably uh, will continue to lead especially coming up with some of these mile and a halfs like you've got kansas coming up and you've got uh charlotte 600 coming up so a couple of tracks there that they could definitely really excel at uh but i mean this race uh it was definitely up and down race for sure um you know look uh of course, Lugano winning, and then you know you had Kyle Larson, who was good at the beginning of uh, the race, but then lost an engine. Martin Truex was also pretty good. Uh, so you know the two guys that were really good in this race last year um, both led at different points of the race, but not together. Um, obviously, Lar Larson uh, lost his engine, and then Truex later on, and you know towards the end of the race crashed. Uh, so yeah, definitely a, a wild race. I mean, the fact that. You know, you only had 23 cars finish uh, on the lead lap uh, shows the um, level of attrition that was in this race specifically. And, you know, this was the the, the Darlington 
Goodyear 400. And I mean, this wasn't even the Southern 500. So, uh, you know, we'll have to see what happens in September when they come back um, and see if they crash more cars at this race. So that's going to be interesting. But I mean, the, the rest of the field, I mean, you know, Harvick and Elliott both came from the back uh, and, you know, they both um, made a pretty good run up there. Um, I talked about Ricky Stenhouse could be a, you know, somebody watch as a wild card. And yeah, he was up there, uh, up in the, you know, top 10, maybe even into the top five at some points, uh, especially during some of these restarts. Uh, so, you know, I, I picked him, uh, you know, as a wild card. So, you know, he was definitely up there. Um, uh, Daniel Suarez, you know, another young guy that's yet to win this year gets another top 10. So, uh, he, this week, uh, carries the flag for a track house, uh, in this race. So, uh, definitely a good finish at least, uh, salvage the effort from, uh, from Ross Chastain. So, yeah, this, I mean, this race was, you know, definitely had, uh, a lot of, a lot of drama, a lot of crashing, um, but still, um, it was, you know, very much a vintage Darlington race, you know, the way that, you know, it turned out, I mean, at the end, at the end of the day, you had to be able to be good on tires. And I think that's what, you know, killed the 24 there at the end of the, at the end of his run is they basically had used up the, you know, the tires, the right rear and Logano. I mean, I thought, you know, with 10 to go, I thought it was William Byron's race, but then five to go, uh, Logano gets within back a uh, half second of him and, and starts to reel him back in. And of course bumps him out of the way in turn three with uh, two to go. So, um, you know, that's how it goes, uh, sometimes as far as being, you know, being able to be good on, on tires towards the end and Logano, you know, he was able to figure out the right line and be able to, uh, save his tires for the, you know, the last couple of laps, whereas, uh, William Byron, I think, you know, tried to build up a big lead and then it faded toward the end and then, you know, allowed himself to, to get bumped in the way. So, you know, there's, um, you know, two approaches to this because a couple of weeks ago we saw Tyler Reddick, you know, very humbly accept the, uh, second place, uh, finish in that race, or, or at least, you know, humbly accept being wrecked by, uh, Chase Briscoe to, you know, lose that race. And, uh, you know, he said he could have done, uh, a lot better than that and could have, you know, done a lot more to be able to keep Briscoe behind him. And then, you know, here you see William Byron, you know, get angry. I mean, he's, yeah, you know, he's has a right to get angry, but then, you know, of course you could just say, well, you know, we could have done a lot more to keep Logano behind and, you know, instead of, um, complaining about it. So, um, two approaches there. So, uh, that that's how it goes uh, sometimes in the Cup Series, but you know definitely uh, uh, it was an interesting race to watch for sure with you know all the different throwbacks and we talked about leading before uh, the race leading up into it with uh, some of these throwbacks and you know I had said the Hendrick cars like uh, Larson and uh, Alex Bowman were some of my favorite throwbacks and then well they they hadn't announced the throwback for uh, Suarez and Ross Chastain I have to say I think that might be my favorite throwback uh, for that weekend um, I yeah think, uh, they won. Yeah, I think they won that one, especially, I mean, um, even after the slight change to the number uh, for the one car, but still um, basically a replication of uh, the you know, 1998 uh, throwback with Dale Jr. and Dale Sr. there. So I think, you know, I'm going to have to buy that uh, throwback uh, diecast if they make it, because I um, definitely think they're going to have to make a set uh, for both those cars and uh, definitely have to buy that one. I wish they would. Uh, because I wanted Suarez to get his first win. It would piss people off. Number one, number two, it's a Coca-Cola car. And I just have a, you know, the affinity for those Coca-Cola cars and it looks so good. And Justin Marks track house, they did such a great job with it. Even if Ross had won with the one car, I mean, Dale Jr. was so 
you know, moved by that, you know, when he talked about it on the download, you add the fact that, that Justin Marks is going through all the effort to go and redo a Harry Gant skull Oldsmobile, probably got it from Andy Petrie or whatever, and then they got screwed and they weren't allowed to run it, which, I mean, at that point, you might as well just go. What they should have done is they probably should have just gone went like Wayne Peterson or whatever, those hillbillies that go to ARCA, they used to go to ARCA races with like like half a car or whatever, them bullshit, and they'd duct tape over whatever, and they'd make their numbers with, with duct tape. Just duct tape over the skull and just and, and the logo and just run it around. Who cares? I mean, that's what they should have done. I mean, it's the same way as how Formula One, they used to run – uh, race races in places where you can show tobacco. So they come up with funny ways to do it. Uh, I think the Jordan, when they had Benson and Hedges, did the best job with it, like with buzzins and hornets and other different ways. But, uh, you know, Rothmans, uh, you know, M- Marlboro, they did more boring, uh, tepid uh, ways of covering it up. And it's possible but, yeah, Penske did that too with uh, Marlboro. With Marlboro, yeah, yeah. When when they couldn't run Marlboro anymore, but they were still Marlboro Team Penske. They were just Team Penske, but they had the. It's what's funny is the cars were still painted like a Marlboro pack of Marlboro cigarettes, but it just said Team Penske on the side. It's still an effing Marlboro. <laughs> it's like what. Anybody who really wants to get the subliminal message is going to get the damn subliminal message. We look at where we are as a country. If the damn thing looks like a cigarette packet, you're going to think about cigarettes. It's, whether it's e-cigarettes, whether it's whatever cigarette. Come on now. Um, they acted like getting rid of cigarettes and alcohol sponsorship out of these sports is going to cut that down. No. Now you have e-cigarettes. Now you have weed. You have whatever. It don't matter. You're going to figure out what you're going to figure out. You're going to decide whatever substance or whatever solution to solve your problems. You're going to do it. It don't matter what the hell, you know, unless you're on like your medicated, uh, you're medicated out or whatever prescription shit. And then, um, which is another problem with our country too, but whatever the way prescription drugs are, but beside the point, I mean, Logano, I saw the move that that Byron made on him. I don't think it was egregious. William Byron is he's kind of a douche, so it, it fits being at Hendrick Motorsports the way he is. His sponsorship uh, package is it kind of makes sense for what he is as a person. Um, he's not known for running into or over people uh, in his career generally, so it's not in his nature to run somebody into the wall. I'm, I know that he's aggressive enough. He's a young enough guy where he could do it. And I think we could probably go back and find something through his history um, where he's done that, but it's not a regular occurrence like Josh uh, chronicled with uh, Joey. But I also think in a sense of Joey Logano, when you basically got railroaded in the cup series, when he started and his own teammates hung him out to dry too, which are Danny Hamlin and Kyle Bush and Joe Gibbs basically hung him out to dry after they brought, made him the best things in sliced bread and all the, I mean, Mark Martin named him that. And then he brought up at 18 years old and he never really gave him a real shot. It ended Craig Zipadelli's crew chief in career, honestly, because he didn't bother to listen to what Joey needed. Um, and then he was 
basically in a position where he wasn't going to have a job. Um, he had to move Mark Martin to win at Pocono. So there you go. So he'll even move somebody who, who he looked up to. It don't matter. Joey Logano is one of those guys that'll wreck his own mom or dad to win a race. That's just who he is. He watched Dale Earnhardt, you know, sorry, you inbreds. Dale Earnhardt did this too. You know, it's, it's a thing. And now when you look at Ross Chastain did it at Coda, you know, Briscoe has done it twice and failed <laughs> miserably at it. Um, there's other people. It's the thing. You look at these assholes that are in the trucks in the Xfinity series. You want to be offended by it? This shit was going on decades ago. But the difference was the guys were way bigger. They didn't have edumacations, and they'd go and fight in the infield like Cale uh, Yarborough did with the Allison brothers uh, in 79, which is why NASCAR in the modern era is what it is. Um, you don't have to like Joey Logano. At the end of the day, he did what he had to do to win. The way it is now in this format, you need a win. But I think it's something we're going to talk about here later, and we could talk about it now. Winning one race isn't going to be enough right now. The only two people that are definitely locked in is Byron and Chastain. After that, you have a bunch of people with one win this year. You have not eight drivers with one win, and you have a bunch of guys behind them in this point standings. I mean, I'm just going to get into the points here for a second. Um, the driver points, I mean, not the, the, I guess, the playoff standing, the chase standings. You have... Blaney has is got 388 points, so he's tied with William Byron in points. Chase Elliott is the points leader by far. Um, he's what is it, uh, 53 and 12? So he's 65 points up. So he's working on trying to get that bonus, those bonus points at the end of the regular season as a regular the regular season champion. Um, so he's done well for himself. Uh, right now, right now you have Austin Sindrick and Denny Hamlin are outside of the top 20 in points that, that would make the playoff right now because of their wins. Um, Martin Truex is there, Christopher Bell. So the two JGR cars that haven't won Harvick and Almirola are right there with each other, along with slightly ahead of Chase Briscoe, of course, who has won. He's ahead of the cutoff in regards to the top 16 overall in points. And Austin Dillon's a point ahead of Tyler Reddick. I mean, granted, some of the stuff that's happened to Tyler Reddick this year, he probably should be in ahead of him. And Eric Jones is only four points or five points behind in another RCR car. Daniel Suarez is, what is it, uh, 18 points out. So you look at some of these drivers and what they've done this year, this could get past 16 drivers. The way this new car has done certain things, it's become a Hendrick and Gibbs kind of benefit in a lot of ways, but it's definitely given a lot more teams an opportunity, Josh. And um, it, it's pretty, I guess it's a really good thing. It's very um, organic uh, thing based on the new car, but it's uh, the question are we going to see more than 16 winners? And I mean, that's, that's what it is. And if there's more than 16 winners, points won't matter anymore at that. Really. You're just going to have to win, which means the sh the crap that we've been seeing here in recent weeks, some of the driving standards, people are going to be dumping people, you know, 
There are certain you got twenty three eleven that sucks ass. You're telling me Kurt Busch ain't gonna run over somebody to win a race? He's done it in his career. Bubba already has more hate than anybody that's outside of Kyle Busch and Joey Logano. The hell is it to him to not hook somebody to go and win a race? I mean, really, where, where, where are we at at this point? Six More than 16 winners, if it happens, it's going to be the wild, wild west. It's like, uh, what was the thing they said uh, back in the day, uh, Robin Pemberton, um, boys have at it. Boys have at it and have a good time. Yeah, that's that's where we're going, right? Oh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I think, you know, especially with who's left, who hasn't won yet, and the, uh, the tracks we have coming up next, because, you know, we still have, you know, we've got two Mount coming up, so I feel like there's going to be predictable in who's going to win that. But you've got Gateway, a new track where, you know, only guys that have raced in Xfinity have been to. Then you got Sonoma, Nashville, uh, Road America, Atlanta, which, I mean, could be a William Byron type of win, but, you know, you've seen uh, how that race played out. It could be anybody else. Uh, Pocono, uh, Indianapolis uh, Road Course, Michigan, Richmond, uh, Watkins Glen, and then you got Daytona. So uh, anything could happen uh, leading up to and right after Daytona uh, where we get into a situation where we have more than 16 winners. Because if you look at who hasn't won yet, I mean, you've already mentioned some of them, but, you know, Truex hasn't won yet. Ryan Blaney hasn't won yet. Uh, Christopher Bell hasn't won yet. Uh, Kevin Harvick, Eric Almarola, uh Let's see, yeah, Tyler Reddick, who could I think could win this weekend in Kansas. He's done pretty well there in the past uh tyler reddy one of his best tracks oh yeah austin dillon you know for whatever it's worth uh daniel suarez and then even you know guys like kurt bush bubba wallace uh, all drivers who are capable of winning ricky stenhouse could win at daytona uh if you you know the timing is right there uh so guys guys yep guys that have yet to win that have won at the past at all these different track types uh could win uh, so, you know, we definitely, uh, I think 16 drivers is definitely, uh, or winners is definitely within the cards. I mean, even guys like, um, uh, Justin Haley, you know, he's, uh, hasn't, you know, won, well, he has won in the cup series, but he hasn't won yet. And, but he's certainly a driver that's, uh, capable of winning, uh, a race, uh, if things go right. So I'd add him to the list there and even somebody like Chris Fisher. So, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, a lot of guys that, uh, haven't won yet that can win, uh, that could make it into, um, more than 16 winter field or at least up to 16 winter field. So, uh, we're gonna have to see what happens. Um, definitely think it's in the cards, especially with the, the way that the next gen car has played out, uh, so far this year, we've seen a, a lot of parity between the teams. Uh, so definitely think, you know, we'll reach that number and we've never reached it in the cup series, we've gotten close a couple of times where we had like 13, 14 winners, but we've never gotten up to 16. So I think this year it's finally going to happen. And we're going to see uh, a lot of, uh, like I said, wild, wild west uh, play out here. And we'll see um, how they like it after all that stuff happens. And you know, if they should continue with that, cause it, it does sound damn near insane. And if, and let's add one more person to that. I know that Brad's year has been pretty God awful. Oh, He's outside of the too. top top 30 he's the car owner he's one i mean he's the face of the i mean that's quite a face uh to have of rfk racing um and the six car the guy is a cup series champion and he's outside of the top 30 in points right now um if he goes and backdoors a win and can get back into the top 30 in points i mean frankly 
there's only 32 drivers that have driven every race this year, and he's 31st because the reason is they had that 100-point penalty. So if you quantify to where if he was if the, without that huge car whatever infraction that they had, he would be uh, five points behind Austin Sindrick in 19th. So he'd basically be where his teammate is. Um, which tells you where their cars are. They're not exactly that great, but they're not the worst. But, you know, they'd be ahead of the 2311 uh, guys in that sense. They'd be ahead of Justin Haley, uh, amongst others. I mean, they're not doing as bad as the, like, Ty Dillon or Cole Custer, who's the drizzling shits. Oh, Richard has had a lot of bad luck. He's run with better than that. The rookie... The rookie battle behind Austin Sindrick. I mean, Austin Sindrick hasn't done, to be fair, outside of uh, Daytona and Coda, he hasn't done jack shit. Um, I think he qualified on pole at California and then disappeared. Um, so really, he's not done much of anything. And then the other rookies haven't done shit either. Um, Corey LaJoy is Corey LaJoy. And then Cody Ware is Cody Ware. Uh, yeah, but Brad Keselowski, because of a 100-point penalty, is outside of the top 13 points, which has to be something when you consider that Ryan Blaney uh, is one of the best. He's third in points or tied tied for second in points right now, and Joey Logano is fourth in points. Yep. That's got to suck. Um, let's get into the Xfinity series here. Uh, Justin Allgaier, he's been plugging away. He's been right there for a lot of races in the last year, but uh, his first win in a year at the Roxor, Mahindra Roxor 200. The um, grand marshal for the race was uh, Chase Briscoe's mama. So happy birth or happy Mother's Day to her, uh, getting to be the uh, grand marshal of a race that her son wasn't even in. Uh, but was her son's sponsor, so God bless her. It's a, I guess Darlington Raceway definitely is a great track um, for the Briscoe family, um, considering all that's gone on these last couple of years and with Brooks being around now. Well, that's beside the point. We'll get into it. Uh, Justin Allgaier wins. He led 76 laps. Uh, Gagson led the second most laps, won both stages, but uh, couldn't hold off uh, – a little gator. When it counted, Riley Herbst on a sort of uh, resurgence, uh, if that's possible when you're Riley Herbst. I kind of wish Richard Boswell was Chase Briscoe's crew chief. I think I've said that about 100 times on this show. Um, he's better than what Briscoe has right now. Uh, I think he'd be running more consistently there, but that's beside the point. John Hunter Nemechek in that uh, Sam Hunt Racing 26 with the Joe Gibbs support. Finishes fourth, Sam Mayer fifth. So three uh, junior motorsports cars in the top five. I think four of them would have finished up in the top ten. But uh, Josh Berry was given the dummy and uh, he jumped the restart in a bad way and uh, basically uh, penalized and had no chance. He came all the way back to finished 18th. So there is that. Um, Keebler Gibbs finished second in both stages, but, uh, ended up 16th after qualifying on pole or they went on points, uh, which sent, uh, Clyde home, which is funny. Um, getting all of his, his great fan base, a little butthurt, but whatever. 
Um, Castle. Don't rely on the champion's provisional either. Yeah, they don't have. Well, yeah, he can't use a champion's provisional because he's declared for cup points, and the 88 hasn't run enough races either, which screwed him and then whoever was driving the other Mike Harmon car that went home. Um, and then they let some of his dead weight in here, you know, like the 38 car with Kyle Sieg, which or I don't know if the 28 car was in this route. No, yeah, the 28 car wasn't in this race. Um, Joe Graff, who sucks ass. Um, and it, uh, that works out. It, it makes sense. Joe Graff sucks ass. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Castle finished sixth. Brandon Bruckshot Jones finished seventh. Almondinger eighth. Austin Hill ninth. Daniel Hemrick tenth. Uh, trying to see. Yeah. Kyle Weatherman gets a 12th place finish for the Jesse Awuji team. Telling you, um, Hendrick Engine. I mean, they're using. I think they're using uh, Johnny Davis cars, but they have Hendrick engines. Um, so when you put a decent driver in the car, with even Johnny Davis cars, you put Hendrick engines in it and get a decent finish. I didn't know Kyle Weatherman was this good of a driver, but I guess he's a good driver. Uh, credit to him. Hopefully, Jesse Uji has the intelligence to actually keep him in the car the rest of the year. Uh, because when he's been in the car or anybody else that isn't Jesse Uji, car runs all right. Uh, yeah, we'll go. Josh Berry, as I mentioned, Ryan Truex got stage points in both stages, but then him and uh Clements wrecked there on the last lap. Uh, that's about it, nothing really. You know, Myatt Snyder was driving a Kenny Schrader Red Baron pizza throwback and hit the fence. Sheldon Creed blew up 16 laps into the race. My god, his um, he's his baptism to the Xfinity series has been brutal to say the least. Uh, while Austin Hills had a great run of it, Sheldon Creed is definitely not. Um, so, yeah, uh, Justin Allgaier at a track that definitely suits Justin Allgaier's style, gets another win at Darlington and another Dale Earnhardt throwback. Uh, big deal for him. Sets himself up nicely in regards to the point standings as we go towards this playoff run. Um, right now, I mean, Almendinger has a decent point lead, 25 point lead on Gagson, but, uh, the playoff point standings and him and Gagson and Gibbs have a lot of playoff points, but Almendinger is trying to get those 15 bonus points. All is fourth tied in the same number of playoff points himself, Almendinger and Barry. So right now you have six, seven different winners in the Xfinity series so far this season out of the 12. Um, Custer is the only non-regular uh, to win this year. So it's uh, getting pretty tight. Uh, 12 drivers. I don't think there's going to be more than, I think there's going to be less than 12 drivers that win, um, which will make the point situation very tough for the likes of a Sheldon Creed for a, um, I mean, for Hemrick, it's starting to get to be an issue, too. He's only 22 points ahead of Anthony Alfredo. Um, but I guess that's his real battle. It's, that's the only person he's really battling there. He's 13 points behind his teammate. And the points right now basically have those 12 guys in the points. Uh, it'll probably take a win for any of those people behind Daniel Hemrick to jump him. 
um, in the standings, which would then make it tough on the defending series champion to possibly defend his title. Yeah, I think, you know, with uh, the way that the field is going, I, you know, I don't think that the Xfinity Series will be like the Cup Series and uh, exceed the, you know, the number of um, playoff spots uh, for winners. So um, it's not a competitive enough series for that. But certainly, you know, there are, you know, other stories, lines to look at. Like, you know, like you said, with Daniel Hemrick, um, the possibility of uh, him not being able to defend his Xfinity titles, uh, pretty interesting. Uh, don't think don't think it'll ever come down to that, but certainly um, they have to start being a lot more careful in you know, their decision-making, and um, they've got to strategize to be able to mitigate some of that risk there. Uh, but Justin Algar, uh, I think I picked him in the uh, the picks uh, for the uh, last week, so uh, right on the money for that uh, in the Xfinity Series once again. Um, but you know, he goes out and wins uh, at Darlington and uh, gets first win in over a year in this series, and you know, had to defeat a couple of teammates to do it. Of course, I mean, I think Josh Berry could have given him something if he hadn't jumped the restart there. Uh, but you know, Noah Gregson uh, right there behind him in second. So um, this is uh, another win at Darlington for uh, Junior Motorsports and Xfinity. So definitely uh, another win. Uh, in the bag there for sure and I think um, Junior Motorsports continuing to dominate this year as they've you know they've already won with Josh Berry they've already won with uh, Noah Gregson and so now they're you know now they're going to win with uh, uh, Justin Algar they've got Sam Mayer waiting the wings to uh, win a race which could happen soon Uh, so I mean that's definitely one winner that could make things interesting in in the Xfinity playoff hunt but you know otherwise it's pretty straightforward from there uh, but a little bit different race, of course, you know, with um, with Ty Gibbs, uh, not his usual self. I mean, he did finish second in both stages, but wasn't there at the end of that one. And then, of course, you know, you mentioned uh, Riley Herbst, which I guess uncharacteristically uh, finishing in third. Uh, and you mentioned his top 10 streak that he's on right now, which is, um, I guess, interesting uh, for that team because normally they're one of the maybe more back half of the Xfinity regulars that attempt the full season and are expected to be somewhat competitive. So uh, definitely uh, interesting there. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, of course, so after his truck series win, which we'll talk about in a minute probably, but uh, finished fourth uh, for Sam Hunt. Uh, AJ Allmendinger, a little bit, a little bit, uh, you know, uncompetitive at this racetrack. Thought maybe he would finish a little bit higher, especially uh, being the points leader in in this series. So uh, a little bit disappointing finish there. And then, you know, of course, uh, uh, Daniel Hemrick uh, finishing in ninth, and then uh, Austin Hill in tenth. So yeah, definitely a it was a you know wild race uh, for sure in in, in the series. Um, not as wild as the Cup, but definitely uh, a lot of. Uh, Action happened in this race with you know eight eight cautions, thirty three laps. Uh, so it was definitely a lot of uh, uh, issues, a lot of incidents or incidents uh, that happened at this race. So uh, definitely a wild one for sure. But um, yeah, Justin Algar winning, and I was right. So yeah, there's that for Xfinity. Yeah, we didn't even need the algorithm on that. You just went and flat picked the guy that was going to go and do do the job. So um, Josh is. Uh, Somebody, I mean, uh, next thing you should say is you went and picked the guy that won, picked the damn horse that won the Kentucky Derby too, but you would have went and won a lot of money if you did that. Um, but if you had been on the 82 to one, I would have probably went and if you had said that you were on the 82 to one, I could have bet that too. And I would have at least won 1600 yeah, 
if if I had bet that if if I had bet the Kentucky Derby, honestly, that probably would have been a horse that I would have bet. But I don't know. I probably would have gone with the one of the favorites or something. One of the favorites too, yeah. and yeah, it's like I'm the I'm day hole that I'll bet a favorite, but I'll go for the eighty two to one. Like my old friend Dennis, the safer barrier, he had to bet one of the favorites, and he had to bet the eighty-two to one for like twenty or thirty bucks, and he had made a good killing on that. Um, but that's beside the point. Uh, there's Justin Allgaier was a chalk kind of pick, and uh, Josh was right. So God bless him on that. Uh, it shows once one of the many reasons why Josh is uh, my right hand guy here. Somebody has to be the intelligence and the calm, cool, collected side of the deal because I'm going to be the one that's going to be the asshole. Um, while I have my intelligence and my memory and my knowledge, um, I'm just going to go and say whatever the fuck I want. Um, Josh is way more controlled and um, uh, in in his and way more uh, calm, cool, collected, uh, very Terry Labonte like to my I don't know Jimmy Spencer. Um, uh, without the crying towel and without being like 280 pounds and being a gardener. Um, even though my client that I was working with yesterday gets to water plants all day. Um, speaking of plant watering, we'll get to John Hunter Nemechek who, um, won last week, the dead on tools, 200 dead on tools, 200 mm-hmm. at Darlington raceway in a non- throwback of course so uh you gotta i mean there's so many mobile one throwbacks you could go with i mean can't do anything with that like i mean i don't even like paul tracy but paul tracy had a great mobile one pain scheme back in his day when he ran the mobile one car for penske um i wanted tony to throw back to that in his last year too because he had they had that whatever the hell they called a horse or whatever the fuck for Mobile One. They they had that whole thing going. They could have thrown back to that car. And hell, his wife's doing it here, basically. I mean, that that Mobile One scheme is similar to another Mobile One scheme that, hap- that existed in NHRA, too. But that's another throwback that we have to get into later. Um, but John Hunter gets the win over Carson Hosevar. Carson, you talk about Tyler Reddick. Another guy that's really close to getting that first win is Carson Hosevar. I talked about that last week on the show. I kind of feel like I picked, I think I picked Endfinger, yeah. Um, And Endfinger finished third. Majeski fourth, Kligerman fifth, won a stage. Hosevar won the second stage. And um, Priest driving for David Gillen finished sixth in a Reggie Ruggiero throwback zane smith seventh ankrum eighth um i forget who ankrum was throwing back to i think it was uh i have to go look again todd bodine talking about throwbacks finished ninth and d burrito running a sterling marlin uh coors light scheme finished 10th ross chastain finished second in both stages but ended up finishing 25th unfortunate for him he had a better vehicle than that along with ben rhodes defending series champion uh trying to go through some other people there chandler smith got points in both stages but uh only finished 20th 
And, uh, yeah, there is that. Uh, Crafton ends up uh, getting DQ'd. Uh, he finished in the top five, but ended up getting DQ'd in post-race inspection. So, huge loss of points for the three-time series champion uh, here as we get into this season. I mean, there you don't have as many races in the truck series as they do in the other series in the cup and Xfinity. So there is, there is something to that right now at the moment, you know, there's only 10, you only 10 drivers make the playoff in the truck series. You have Corey Heim, who's not running full time. So he's not eligible. And, um, there's whatever I think trying to look at who else. Yeah. And then we have William Byron who won a race. So those are two non, uh, so right now, three, five wins so far. There's the top four of the top five are the people that have won this year. Rhodes defending series champions, a points leader, John Hunter second, two points out of his teammate Chandler Smith, and then Zane Smith's fifth with two wins. So as it stands right now, Parker Kligerman's 11th in points. He's only run five races. Uh, he's ahead of a ton of drivers that have run every race this year, uh, including Haley Deegan, who's 28th in points, um, which is hilarious. Um, and she's behind, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, six, I don't know, four, four different drivers that have run less races than her, along with a bunch of crap that's run every race. I mean, Ryan Priest actually declared for truck points, I guess, because he's gay. Yeah, he's declared for truck points. He's only run three races, and he's ahead of one, two, three, four, five, six regulars. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, um, but uh, John Hunter Nemechek gives himself, he, after last year when he dominated, similar to Kyle Larson in a lot of ways, but kind of disappeared in the playoffs, Kyle Larson just went and kept on going. John Hunter's been on a little dry spell, goes out there, wins this race, basically sets himself up to go in R&D um, to put himself in a position, either him or Chandler Smith, to get this driver's championship for Kyle Busch Motorsports. In a time of transition for Kyle Busch, not only family-wise, having another kid, but sponsorship-wise for him in his cup career, looking at the next steps in his life. I know John Hunter is too trying to see how he can get back up to the Cup Series. A truck win this weekend at Darlington doesn't hurt in that perspective. Yeah, John Hunter finally winning in 2022, although, you know, like you said, we haven't had a whole lot of races here in the Truck Series so far. So definitely um, uh, finally in the win column feels good for John Hunter. So I think maybe now that, you know, like you said, now he's got a win, maybe they can R&D it and come up with some more wins maybe. So you'll have to see what happens there. And then you mentioned uh, Carson Josevar, who, of course, finished second a couple weeks ago or almost a month ago at this point uh, at at Bristol on the dirt. So, uh, you know, another second place. So uh, a win has to be on the horizon soon uh, for Josevar. I mean, it's got to be coming. And he's definitely a guy that you can like in this series um, and definitely think once he wins, it's going to be a big win for sure. Um, you mentioned uh, 
Matt Crafton, you know, I think there was a highlight of him uh, going four wide off of turn four at Darlington, and he managed to be the first car out of that mess. Uh, I think that was maybe one of the highlights I saw from that race, and maybe they decided there, he's like, yeah, you can't do that at Darlington. He's probably got an illegal car, uh, throw his car out. So that's probably what happened there um, in that race. But, yeah, another uh, wild uh, race here in the truck series at Darlington. I mean, I mean, it seems like no matter what series it is, series it is there's always a lot of uh, – uh, cautions and stuff in the, everything because there's like 10 cautions in this race so definitely a, a lot of action happened at this uh, race on friday night and you know john hunter was able to come out with the win uh and yeah sets himself up nicely for the championship so uh, we'll have to see if they go on a similar tear like they did last year or if uh, it's more of the same like this year and you know they just happen to lock in their spot but you know, good, good for KBM uh, to uh, get one of their cars into victory lane. Um, and, you know, uh, for the guy that should have won the championship last year, at least, you know, now that he's won now, maybe he can focus on doing, I guess, improving on what he couldn't do last year to win the championship. So we'll have to see. Yeah, he should have, but they ended up effing it up early in that race. And Ben Rhodes was a beneficiary there. And, to be honest, it's not like Ben Rhodes for all 85 years he's been in a truck series has uh, done anything wrong in his uh, defense of the championship in regards to people who are ride buyers and have been in the series way too long. I mean, he's not like Bruckshot Jones in that sense or like Gagson or some of these other people. Um, don't, I mean, Gagson has a fan base. You gotta, gotta love the incels, um, that love him, even though his dad still funds his ride from prison. Um, we'll get into the six hours of spa, uh, took place this past weekend and, uh, at the great spa Frankershamp circuit, saw Toyota, uh, win rain soaked race, uh, had multiple red flags. But in the end, you go and get a W. Their next race, of course, is the 24 Hours of Le Bas. Uh, they win by 27.4 seconds over the Alpine team. And Negrau, Lapierre, and Vaxvier. So Mike Conway, Kamui Kobayashi, and Jose Maria Lopez get the W. The winner, or the pole sitter for this race was a Glickenhaus racing uh, 708 of Olivier Pla, Romain Dumas, and Pippo Durrani. Uh, but uh, the Toyota gets the win. The other Toyota ends up falling out. Sebastian Buemi, Brendan Hartley, and Rio Hirakawa. So that's something we have to look at in regards to the 24 Hours of Le Mans with some of the in, uh, issues with reliability. The WRT LMP2 Finishes third overall um, on the lead lap, a minute and six behind the overall winner, Sean Galeal, Robin Frines, and Rene Rast. So that's a really, really good team there, honestly, driving-wise. Frines and Rast. Frines, who's got uh, uh, experience in Formula E and uh, DTM. Of course, Rene Rast, champion in DTM. You got the Penske team finished sixth overall. Uh, on the lead lap with Dane Cameron, Emmanuel Collard, and Felipe Nazar, the United Autosports team, uh, which is uh, Zach Brown's team, Phil Hansen, Philippe Albuquerque, Will Owen, and Alex Lynn, Olivier Jarvis, and Pearson finished seventh and eighth. 
So those are some of the people there in the GT, the LM, the GTE Pro category. Alexander Paraguidi and James Collado win for Ferrari over the Porsche team of Michael Christensen and Kevin Estra. And the second AF course, Sakara Miguel Molina and Antonio Fuco. Um, go through the rest of this. Those are GTE Pro. The Corvette finished 18th, uh, fourth in the Pro category. The Dempsey Proton Racing 77 with Christian Reed, Sebastian Prio, and Harry Tinknell won the AM category over Ben Keating, Chavez, and uh, Sorensen, Mauro Sorensen, and the TF Sport Aston. The AMR, the Northwest AMR Aston with Paul Dallana, Nikki Team, and Pittard uh, round out the podium in GTM. As I mentioned, of course, the next uh, race in the calendar for the uh, WE talked about that. Uh, looking to have an endurance race at Indy. Fabian Wolwen, Jamie Chadwick, Neria Marty, and Emma Kimmelainen. Uh, Kimmelainen and Chadwick uh, stood out uh, a lot this past weekend. Wolwen, pal, another way. Struggle in practice, but uh, as we would see, made the most of her situation, qualified much better. Marty qualified first over Chadwick, Powell, Kimmelin, and Woolwin were the top five. Um, and then in race one, Jamie Chadwick won over Jessica Hawkins. Betske Visser was the podium, and um, they classified, they reclassified. Chloe Chambers in 14th. Hmm. That's. I thought she finished in the top 10, so I don't know. They must have penalized her or something. They penalized her like 25 seconds because uh, I remember her finishing in the top 10 in the first race. Um, in the end, though, she did finish in the top 10 in the second race. She finished 10th on the button. Jamie Chadwick won both races. Alice Powell recovered after her um, basically stalling on the start and then crashing on lap one, which – caused like a 15 minute who caused like a i don't know how many lap caution and then a red flag uh, with the great uh, track workers there in miami and norea marti finished third bailing garcia emma kimmelainen who wrecked herself on the uh two corners three corners from the end on the saturday race then effed up again in the sunday race finished fifth so chloe chambers gets a top 10 so the bruce jenner team Gets uh, two wins and uh, point one point from from uh, the American there, which is cool. So Jamie Chadwick is now twenty seven points up to start the season. Their next race will be, of course, in uh, Catalonia. American has a point, which is great considering uh, the previous Americans in this series have not fared too well. She's only a point behind a couple other drivers uh she'd have to get a little decent better result to move herself up up the uh, leaderboard chadwick 27 points over marty 29 points over visser and 30 points on abby pulling for top four jessica hawkins is fifth alice powell tied with hawkins and balen garcia are tied uh, for fifth in points. They'll be running uh, at Spain here in a couple of weeks' time. Next uh, up in the 
uh, Q going Euro there is the uh, MotoGP at Le Mans uh, this coming weekend. And um, Fabio Quattararo, defending series champion, coming off of uh, first and second place last two races, is leading the points 89 points by seven over Alicia Spargaro. And Ea Bastaini is tied for third with Alex Rins. Uh, 20 points behind Quattararo and Pekko Bagnaia coming off of his first win of the year at Jerez is fifth over, uh, tied for fifth with Joanne Mir. Uh, Mir and Rins, of course, looking for rides. We talked about that in previous episodes. Looks like the Leopard team is trying to get those two uh, spots on the grid and would get uh, Aprilia support based on motorsport.com if they were to do so because Aprilia only has two bikes on the grid which is part of what Dorna wants to do to balance the all the have well, I don't know how many manufacturers have four bikes apiece however many manufacturers it, I guess the math is how many manufacturers they have out there have a factory team and a satellite team so it is with what it is with that in Moto2 uh, Joe Roberts of course won a few weeks ago, uh, and um, surprised me while I was doing this recap. So it tells you um, why I've gotten ahead of the thing here. Celestino Vietti still the points leader, coming out with two wins and two second places so far this year. Nineteen points ahead of Ayagura, who has one win and a, a second and a third. Tony Arbolino a win and a third is 30 points back, Aaron Kinnett fourth, Joe Roberts fifth, is um, 43 points behind the points leader. Going down further, Cameron Bobier 18th in points, and Sean Dillon Kelly is 26th in points uh, so far. Going into this weekend's round at Lamar, the IMSA road or at Mid-Ohio, Going into the Lexus Grand Prix of Mid-Ohio, mentioned earlier, three prototype categories and one GT category. The usual suspects, the two Cadillac uh, Chip Ganassi cars, the 01 and the 02. Then uh, JDC Miller, Konica Minolta Acura coming off their win at Laguna Seca. The Wheel and Engineering, 31. Cadillac and then the 60 Meyer Shank Racing Acura winners of the Rolex 24. Um, Earl Bamber, Alex Lynn uh, lead the points. They won uh, 12 hours of Sebring. Renger Van de Zandes, Sebastian Bourdais, they won Long Beach. So there's been four different winners so far in the DPI category and overall in four races. The LMP2 category, six cars. Of course, Juan Pablo Monterrier uh, prior um, is going to be doing double duty this weekend. He'll be running um, in the race we're going to preview here shortly. And um, he's going to run the Dragon Speed 81 with Hendrick Henman, uh, along with uh, the two PR1 Matheson cars, uh, high-class racing, the Aero Motorsport car, Ryan Dial, and um, the Tower Motorsport number eight, LMP3. We'll see, what is it, uh, nine cars. Um, Gar Robinson, Felipe Fraga, defending champions, Riley Motorsport, LMP3, 
Um, John Bennett, Colin Braun, the 54 core auto sport team. Uh, John Bennett celebrated birthday here last week. So uh, belated happy birthday on the GSP. And the performance tech has a car in, yeah, performance tech used to be in the LMP2 category. Dan Goldberg, Rasmus Lind. Um, then you have Jared Andretti, Josh Burdon, and Andretti Autosport, number 36. Deshaun Creek Motorsport, number 33. It has Jao Barbosa, trying to go through there. Kuno Whitmer, uh, guy who used to drive the Vipers back in the day. Driving number 13 car, Mark Vami, 47 Motorsport, number 7. Then we have the GT Daytona category, which sees, which will see the um, Vassar-Sullivan team have two cars this weekend. Jack Hawksworth will be running with Richard Highstand instead of his usual co-driver. And then number 17 car instead of the number 14 car because... Um, well, I don't know why they can't run the 14 car, but whatever. Um, you have the Brian Sellers, Madison Snow, Frankie Monacalvo, Aaron Tielitz, Ryan Hardwick, Jan Halen, et cetera, et cetera. Mike Skeen's back after COVID. Uh, Ryan Eversley and Aiden Reed will be running the Rick Ware Acura Turner Motorsport team there with their BMW. Uh, getting into the standings, this for the IMSA series coming into this weekend. Earl Earl Bamba, Earl Bamba, uh, and Alex Lynn lead the points by three over Tristan Vautier and Richard Westbrook. And consider the fact that Vautier and Westbrook have not won a race this year, and they're right behind a team that has won uh, one race and uh, finished well in two out of the three so far, um, or three out of the, I don't know how that math works because they ran at WeatherTech Raceway, but um, yeah, I don't understand that. Uh, Sprint Cup Championship, and that's 2020. Oh, they don't have that. WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. You got to love the points thing here because they ran at Laguna and they didn't update it. Or something. All right. So I find that out while I'm doing the recap uh, that um, they didn't bother to go and score the DPI category at WeatherTech Raceway. Good job, uh, IMSA.com. Uh, okay. I'm not even going to bother to go through that now because uh, that's that's the wrong standings. And they didn't update. So they didn't update that for Long Beach or WeatherTech Raceway. Yeah, okay, yeah, fuck it. Good job, IMSA. It's a NASCAR website. That's what you gotta gotta love it. That's what Jim France is good for. Um, Getting into Formula E this coming weekend, uh, they'll have a doubleheader at Berlin. Lots of uh, discussions, a lot of driver developments and uh, where people will be going here for season nine, the new car coming along. So it's all a great time. Stoffel Van Dorn coming off of a win at Monaco, uh, signing a deal to drive for Penske uh, DR, the basically the Citroen team, uh, which is part of the Stellantis whole deal, um, is uh, six points out of former multiple-time champion John Eric Verne and D.S. Tachita. 
effort, which looks like they're being sponsored by the same. Uh, I have to go and look at that. But um, there he's up by six points on John Eric Vern, and then Mitch Evans is third, Robin Frein's fourth, and Eduardo Mortara is. So those are the top four, and Eduardo Mortara, after two consecutive DNFs, is fifth, and there's a good uh, battle there between uh, Mortara, Lauderer, Verline, DeVries, the defending world champion in Formula E, and Luca De Crossi, former champion in this series as well, Antonio Felix Da Costa, rounding out the top 10. Uh, Avalanche Andretti, Formula E, Jake Dennis, is just outside of the top 10, and Oliver Askew uh, did score points uh, in the first round of the championship, but it's been uh, a while. He hasn't scored anything since. So the uh, Dragon Penske team struggling this year, but they're going to have a manufacturer connection starting next year, so might turn around for them. Alexander Sims and his move from the Andretti BMW team to Mahindra has not figured out the card. Dan Dick Tantrum uh, only has one point for the Neo team, along with his uh, teammate Oliver Turvey, who um, got good points uh, a couple races ago. Uh, trying to get into that, yeah, Avalanche, Andretti Formula E. He showed Oliver Askew, the Dragon Penske Autosport team. Um, DS, oh, so they made it golden. Yes, so they went. All right. DS to Cheetah and Jaguar TCS. So, of course, you got the Indi- whole India feel, even though they don't have any Indian drivers there. Alexander Sims, the India team with Mahindra, Sims and Roland, so two British drivers, and then Mercedes EQ with Van Dorn and DeVries. Nissan EDAMs, they just announced that uh, Nissan is bought out to go and take full control of that team. Rocket Venturi team, that's uh, Susie Wolf's team. So basically, um, Toto's wife runs that team, and then the Porsche effort there. So let's go and transition in IndyCar here. Um, the GMR Grand Prix of Indianapolis coming up this weekend. Uh, big spot for some of these teams and efforts to go and set themselves up for the month of May in full, or proper part of month of May, meaning the Indianapolis 500, going running the Indy road course, first of two races there. Uh, it's been a Penske-dominated race. I mean, Simon Pagano did win for Schmidt, uh, Schmidt-Peterson, Carpenter, whatever the hell it was. I think it was Schmidt-Peterson back then. Um when he won that race, but otherwise he's won this race when he was at Penske. Will Powers won multiple times at this race. It's a Penske race at Penske's track. So I guess the question, there's two questions. Will his team continue to dominate? It's his house. Uh, will And will that add to Chevy's domination to this season? They've won every race this year. Uh, can Honda finally respond? and uh, finally get a win in 2022 leading up to the Indianapolis 500, which is, of course, the biggest race, the greatest spectacle in racing, greatest single-day sporting event, et cetera, et cetera, going in when people were talking about the comparisons between IndyCar and F1, certain incels making comments about the racing and all that. 
I mean, right now, I mean, just to go through it, the only one, uh, only the Honda, Colton Hurt, of course, at Long Beach qualified on pole. Otherwise, Chevy has a clean sweep so far in 2022. So what are your thoughts, Josh, here as we get into uh, the race here at Indianapolis Road Course? I mean, yeah, like you said, with uh, Penske dominating at this track, I mean, I expect, you know, Will Power, Joseph Newgarden, um, Scott McLaughlin, all, all to be up there uh, in this race. Uh, Will Power out of those three hasn't won yet. So this is a track in this configuration where he's won at before. So, you know, expect him to if he's able to, you know, get up there, he can win uh, at this track. So look out for willpower um, as far as the Chevys goes. But, I mean, obviously with Honda, I mean, Alex Plo's right there too. Um, you know, he had a good run going at the uh, second Grand Prix race last year, uh, but didn't uh, finish the race due to engine issues. So he could definitely be a guy that uh, – comes out of this with possibly a win or, or a podium, uh, which would be on track for how he's done so far uh, on the road races this season uh, for Alex Blow there. Uh, so that's one Honda in particular. And Scott Dixon also could be another Honda that's you know always up there, but you know he's Scott Dixon, so we kind of expect it. But I think some other you know Honda drivers that um, haven't you know they're not they haven't been quite up there uh, this whole season. Uh, only maybe in a uh, one or two races is uh, Graham Rahal and uh, Roman Grosjean, of course, got into it at Barber a couple of weeks ago. But I think for Roman, I, you know, this is uh, the race that he kind of showed his talent at last year, driving the number 51 uh, car a year ago, won the pole and finished on the podium, led a bunch of laps. Uh, it was really impressive. And, you know, I think that's the race where everybody's like, oh, this guy can really drive in Indy cars. And I, you know, I, I think um, this year I expect kind of the same performance out of him. You know, I think Graham Rahal also is another guy that ran well at this track in the past. Uh, a couple of years ago, led about 18 laps uh, in in this race, but uh, didn't win. So uh, he could be another driver from the Honda stable that could possibly come up there and uh, challenge the Chevys, uh, especially uh, with the way that they decide to conduct their strategies uh, in this race on, on Sunday. So we'll have to see how it goes. But I think in addition, I think Graham Rahal is another guy that could roll over his success. However, it turns out in this race uh, to the Indianapolis 500, you know, we saw last year, the strategy that he had uh, to win the, or to try to win the Indianapolis 500. It was right there. But then of course the, you know, the tire fell off and the race ended for him. So, I'm sure he's got this race and Indy 500 circled on his calendar as races to go out and try to win, especially with the, the way history has played out for him at this uh, this race. Um, I think, you know, the other Honda guys, I mean, look at uh, Simon Pagano. He's now, now a Honda guy after being on Chevy for uh, so many years, but could end up being, uh, you know, maybe he comes out with a surprise podium or something, but, you know, hasn't really had much to show for it so far this year, but certainly it's uh, definitely possible, so... Uh, and of course, like you said, he's won here at this racetrack in the past uh, w with the Honda when it was Schmidt Peterson racing or uh, you know Schmidt Peterson Motorsports for his uh, 77 car that he ran back in the, uh, 2013. So uh, definitely possible, but you'll know, we'll have to see what happens uh, for for this you know this race. But I mean, I I think it's probably safe to roll with one of the Chevys. I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and. Uh, pick Will Power as somebody that I think uh, could win at this racetrack uh, and, you know, take home the victory in the GMR Grand Prix to open up officially the uh, the month of May before, you know, we go uh, 
full oval track racing here at Indianapolis, you know, run on the road course and everything, uh, first, but, um, I, you know, I think, um, overall probably his team will continue to dominate and then you'll see some of these other, uh, teams that I've mentioned, uh, that could possibly be up there and another Chevy too. I mean, look at Renus VK almost had it, uh, back in Barber, of course, uh, lost to Pato award in the closing stages of that one. He could, uh, return back to the track that he won at last year and, and potentially, um, come out with a victory or another podium. So I think that's the other Chevy, uh, that's a non Penske team that you'd have to look out for. So yeah, I think, um, for me, I'm a, I'm a roll with willpower. And then, yeah, I think as a, a dark horse, uh, you know, I've already mentioned a bunch of names, but um, I think a, a dark horse pick that you got to look out for. Um, go with uh, Alexander Rossi, which uh, you know, saying a lot um, as a you know, he's already been established, in it, but you know, hasn't really run all that great this year. So uh, it's definitely a, a Honda that really needs to turn around their season. That's a, another guy who could roll over his uh, result into you know the Indianapolis 500 and run well there. That would need a good result here at the road course. So we'll go with him as a dark horse. And somebody that's going to be going over the other way based on what rumors are saying and Marshall Pruitt and his reporting, uh, he might be going to McLaren um, here next year and Kyle Kirkwood will be going and filling the role in that Andretti Autosport car. So even though they dropped Kyle Kirkwood, didn't keep him and they put uh a D bag into the 29 car in the, f- um, uh, I was about to drop a, a curse word there, but, um, Devlin D Francesco, who is a curse word. Um, another useless Canadian daddy's money guy from Canada. We talked about that with the uh, stroll and Latifi in formula one. Um, the only people that he's ahead of is, a guy that's only run, I think, one race or whatever. Yeah, Santucci ran one race, and then Calderon, who sucks, um, and then Dalton Kellett, who definitely sucks, but he's a good guy, but he sucks. Um, a lot of good points, a lot of good people there. Will Powers won this at this racetrack, what was it, five times, including the summer race last year along with the cup series which uh briscoe should have won but uh horse face hamlin ran him off the track um in regards to this weekend's race i mean he picked uh, josh picked will power best average finish of somebody who's run every race there by far and you brought up green rehaul um celebrating courtney having mother's day being preggers with another kid Green Rehaul's mad, and I think Green Rehaul mad might lead to an upset. He doesn't qualify well. It's been a thing his whole entire career. But maybe he puts one into the fast six, and you put it in the fast six, you give yourself an opportunity to go and dictate strategy. It's a, tr- it's a track and a race that generally runs green. So if you put yourself in the right place, you can go and make something happen. But you have to be up front. I'm going to go with Graham. Why not? cares i i mean the son of a bitch hasn't won a race in like five years and he put his he's been talking a lot between the whole roman grosjean thing a couple weeks ago the thing about miami mfers cashing checks with his mouth at some point let's cash a check and win um 
he's borderline. I mean, he's better than Marco because he's won way more races, but he's basically Marco because his dad's allowed him to drive a car in the IndyCar series. Granted, he's able to bring new sponsors to the series, cultivate opportunities. He basically seems like a Stuart Haas guy because he has Code 3 Associates and he has uh, the One Cure um, situation there. So I figure what's next is that he'll be in the SRX series since he has Tony Stewart sponsors. But it kind of makes sense because I've been a fan of Graham Ray Hall. But, you know, like if Graham Ray Hall was really smart, he'd go and get this as his sponsor, just like his dad had for years. He had Miller as his sponsor. That'd be a good sponsor right there, buddy. Um, since we're on YouTube, since Scripture yeah, Podcast got on a, YouTube. A good throwback there too. Yeah. Um, you could you could go like they keep on throwing back to the paint schemes at, at uh Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan. And I'm doing this, we're not even sponsored by Miller Light. Subliminal messaging. Subliminal messaging, like Rusty Wallace. I want to have I want us to be sponsored by Miller Coors. Um, so then I don't have to pay for beer anymore. It'd be great. Um, not for my liver, but it'd be good for me. But if Graham Rehall was really smart, that's what he would be doing. Go and get a beer sponsor. Go and get somebody cool, uh, instead of being a D bag. Um, but I'm going to go pick him. I'll, I'll go out there and win to say they'll win this race. He's good at this racetrack. Um, and Honda needs a win. He wants the Indianapolis 500. If he wins the Indianapolis 500 and joins his dad, just like Al Unser Jr. joined his legendary father. I mean, that's it. Like, literally, it's like you think about in the Daytona 500, it's Lee Petty and Richard Petty, and, of course, Kyle had a chance to do it. Dale Sr., Dale Jr., fathers and sons that win the most amazing race. Michael Andretti got close but wasn't able to join his dad, who, of course, should have probably won the Indy 500 like three or four times only won it once. Um, if Graham could go and win, this is a big time for him. This next few weeks for Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanning and racing, they've not had much to show for their season. Jack Harvey has not done much of anything in the high V car. Uh, Lundgaard has been generally irrelevant in the 30 car. Takuma Sato went and won an Indy 500 for them, won races for them. At Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. So the fact is, they've got two guys basically replacing one and not really getting the performance there. So it's a big time for them. Alexander Rossi, as Josh mentioned, as a wild card, his situation, it looks like, is set for next year, probably replacing Felix Rosenquist at uh, McLaren. They're probably going to run three cars, so they're going to want to look at somebody else. Who knows who that'll be, whether it's somebody from Indy Lights, whether it's something else going on. Maybe maybe Pat O'Ward is gone. So now you're having to replace your lead driver because he's going to be going to Formula One. I don't know. Um, so there's a lot going on in silly season. Uh, Renus VK, the defending winner of this race, is big in uh, free agency right now in regards to what he is going to be able to do or where he could go. Um, trying to get into who is somebody I would look at as a wild card candidate or, I mean, I already went with a wild card because the fact is Graham Ray Hall's 10th in points. Um, I'll go the other way in regards to somebody who's like a standout figure. I'll go with Scotty. It's a Penske track. If I'm going to go chalk, why not go with somebody who's going to be 
in a position where he's going to be in the Penske uh, Pennzoil submarine during the Indy 500, trying to win that race. Um, he was going to win the sim racing Indy 500 a couple of years ago during COVID, uh, and he got worked by Santino Ferrucci, I think. Or no, that was Oliver Askew that got murdered in the IRA. <laughs> I think it was Oliver Askew that got hooked. Um, and, uh, Scott McLaughlin ended up getting a top five or whatever the hell it was, or he won, or I think he won. Yeah, he did win the iRacing, uh, the, the, whatever the Indy 500 with the IndyCar series in uh sub role or something. I might be remembering it wrong, whatever. I might misremember like certain people on one side of the aisle. Uh, but Scotty has a chance. He's been running great most of the year. Kind of gotten into a lull. Be a good spot for him to go and reestablish himself here in a month, which means so much for the Penske drivers. Uh, Let's get into the Cup Series at Kansas Speedway, one of my most favorite tracks in the whole wide world. Um, uh, We'll go with the trucks first. The heart of America 200. Nobody's going to fail to qualify for that race, so doesn't really matter in regards to any real drama. 35 for 36. Uh, Tyler Hill will be running a second truck with his brother, Timmy. You know, the 46 will have some incel in that. Um, Corey Heim will be in the 51. Uh, Jesse Uji is going to be a caution. So, I mean, I think the good thing about this race is that there's going to be a lot of gambling to see how many cautions are going to come out and who's going to bring them out. Uji's in this race, Lawless Allen, Chris Wright, Dean Thompson, uh, Chase Purdy, Colby Howard, the 46 truck, um, Jesse Uji, Jack Wood. Matt Mills is driving the 20 truck, so yeah, that's that's another one. Um, Riley Herbst is driving uh, DGR Ford, so yeah, that's another one. Trey Hutchins, uh, Spencer Boyd, uh, Blake Blaine Perkins, yeah, and then Haley Deacon usually gets involved in a wreck because she's into running into things head-on, like cock. Um, I'll go make a pick here. I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue doing this. I'm going to go and do like John Roberts. It's like he always used to pick Krusty Walls for years. And I'm like, I'm going to, I forget what his deal is. You got to go with the Biff, stick with the Biff or whatever. Like he used to say for years, like for years on end when Biff was like, um, out, was already past his prime. Uh, I'm going to go with the Grand Infinger. At some point, a Chevy is going to win. I want to see Carson Osevar win because he drives for uh, the the Nice team, and I think he's like the closest thing to what Ross Chastain was, and he has a lot going for him. And there's a there's certain other things if we really want to dig deep on Carson Osevar. But Grandin Finger was picked as a championship contender at the start of this year, and that GMS team has not performed. Granted, they have a two-car cup team, and I think they're putting a lot of resources there towards that, and I think that's probably part of the reason why they've struggled. But I think Grant Infinger goes and gets a win at a track where he's run at Narca many times, he's run in trucks many times, gives himself that opportunity, gets gets a win, locks himself in to the playoff. 
in regards to a somebody, a, a wild card that could go and possibly win. I have to go through the point standings and see to really go and call it because I went and swapped it around there on the IndyCar situation because I went with a wild card as my winner. So in regards to people that are outside of the top 10 in points, you know, I, I can do it. He's outside of the top 10 in points. I'm going to go with Matt Crafton. He's a three-time series champion. He's been around for decades, um, but he's outside of the top 10 in points. So I'm going to take the advantage of the fact that he is outside of the top 10 in points and use it to help myself. So my uh, drivers for this weekend will be Grant Enfinger, the former teammates. Grant Enfinger, though he's driving for GMS right now, and Matt Crafton. Uh, of course, he doesn't have Junior Joyner as his crew chief anymore. He has Jeff Hensley as his crew chief. So they're still trying to figure things out. Uh, he puts one together, gets a win, uh, puts himself in. So I'm hedging here and uh, trying to play the percentages. How about you, Josh? I think for picks for me, I mean, it's easy for you know for me to just continue to go, <clears throat> continue to go chalk, and I'm going to go with uh, John Henry Nemechek, go two in a row. Uh, let's go and roll, um, you know, get back onto championship form like he was last year. So, you know, why not? So go with uh, John Henry Nemechek. And then I think for me, somebody that I, I mean, I'd, I'd love to, you know, I think Carson Josevar is a, a Chevy that can possibly challenge uh, the, the Toyotas. Uh, you know, I think he's, you know, like I said, he's been uh, due for a win for now uh, for a while. But if it's not him and somebody that's, Outside top ten of the points that could you know be up there, uh, we'll go with uh, Tyler Ingram. He's uh, been around in the past that um, certainly um, has been competitive. Uh, not as much this year, but in the past he's uh, been up there. So uh, you know that's who I'll I'll go with for for my picks. But you know we'll see what happens this weekend at Kansas in trucks. All right, so we'll go into the Cup Series. I'm going to give you. The uh, opening here first, Advent Health 400 at Kansas Speedway will run on Sunday afternoon. Uh, they'll uh, practice and qualify on Saturday. Just to give you the, they'll they'll run the Heart of America 200 Truck Series race after qualifying, uh, practice and qualifying for the Cup Series. They'll actually have a break. They'll run it on Saturday night. And then uh, the Cup Series will run on Sunday afternoon at Kansas. First of two races they're going to have there for whatever reason, um, a.k.a. Brian France owning the goddamn casino outside of the racetrack. 36 cars, 36 spots. Gagson in the 16 car, so that's a caution. Uh, J.J. Ailey in the 15 for Rick Ware. Otherwise, yeah, Balicki's back in the 77 car. Um, and uh, no other changes coming into this weekend's race. There's some new sponsors uh, here and there, depending on the drivers. So, I mean, we're talking about a cookie-cutter track, Uh What's it called? going to go and bring that up there. Will we see 11th different winner, Josh, in 2022? 
And if so, who will it be? I think you mentioned it earlier. Uh, We're leading up to, yeah, you hinted towards it. Uh, We have, we're leading into the all-star race at one of the shittiest tracks on earth. I mean, granted, we're already going to a shitty track. So now we'll just go to a couple of shitty tracks in a row. Um, What are your thoughts on Kansas for the cup series with this new gen seven car and what we're going to see? Well, I mean, start off first, uh, that 11th different winner I hinted towards is Tyler Reddick. And like I said in uh, earlier, he's uh, performed pretty well at this track. And I think, you know, if there's a race that he can win, he can get it done here. And it seems like the, the top really works on the long runs at this track. And he's good at running the top. And he knows how to run uh, right next to the wall. And it suits his style. So we'll go with. I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick to win this race, but I think, you know, for the Gen 7 car at this racetrack, um, we've we've been to mile and a half. You know, we've already been to Las Vegas. We went to Atlanta, which is a restrictor plate mile and a half track, but nonetheless still a mile and a half. And I think I think it's probably going to ra- race uh, similar to uh, how it raced at Las Vegas, uh, if not the same. So uh, I think it should be a good show. It seems like this car really uh, runs good on the the bigger tracks. So if we see something similar to that, uh, you know, that's going to be pretty good uh, after years of not really having good racing on uh, Kansas. Uh, So if they, you know, if they can have a good uh, run with a Gen 7 car here, uh, would, you know, at least be different and continue to show the, um, you know, good, exciting racing that we've generally had in the Cup Series uh, with this new car. So uh, expect, you know, expect a lot of um, running the top, but then also, you know, being able to actually pass and, you know, running running different lines uh, for once uh, at a repaved track where, you know, te- they tend to run the same line generally around the, uh, around the racetrack. So maybe we'll have some different racing here uh, in this car. Um, but, yeah, that's who I'm, I'm feeling for uh, the uh this race and then uh could be a preview for you know the next couple of weeks here with mile and a half you know if it runs well at kansas can it run well at texas and then could it run well at uh charlotte you know as we got a couple of mile and a half tracks uh coming up here for uh the cup series so yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna go with uh tyler reddick here because um you know he's he's due for a win i think he's overdue and he's definitely somebody that probably should have won a long time ago but just hasn't had everything lined up for him to win i'd co-sign for that I mean, I wish he was driving a Ford, but, you know, he drove for Brad Keselowski. The guys who drove for Brad Keselowski and his truck team seemingly have been doing well. So I've been a fan of Tyler Reddick for a while. Um, It'd be great to see him do well and get his first career Cup Series win, make an 11th different different winner in a Cup Series. Based on active drivers, he's got – the 10th best average finish at Kansas Speedway. Uh, and then you're looking at some of the people that are ahead of them. What is it? Five, six, seven of them have wins at the racetrack in the last 10 races based on, um, of course, racing reference. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, doing a Howard Stern there belching on air. I'm going to go and pick Martin Truex Jr. Uh, as a winner. Um, yes, he's likely to lose his ride to Ty Gibbs. Yes, um, I'm not. Sh- we're not sure what the, what he's going to do if he's going to continue. We already know Eric Almirola is going to quit. 
at the end of the year, likely to give his ride to Ryan Priest. But Truex is great at this racetrack. The one-and-a-half-mile racetracks are where what his now Hall of Fame Cup career were made on uh, here over the past six, seven years. Once uh, he got with Cole Pern, and um, after that, this would be a good spot for him to make himself the 11th different winner in 2022, join his other Gibbs teammates. I mean, it's a Gibbs racetrack. Toyotas have done really well there over the years at Kansas Speedway. Makes sense because their base is in Kentucky in the Midwest and a whole bit. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, you brought up Vegas, and I'm trying to look at some of these people here. Byron's been up front, Chastain runs up front every week, Kyle Busch, Arson, a whole bit. Uh, and to go through the points as a wild card contender for this weekend's race, I'll go with Ryan Blaney. He's 11th in points. He's the best. If if we're going with playoff, I'm using the fact that it's the playoff standings, the chase standings. He's outside of the top 10 in points. So I'm going to go with YRB. It's a track he's done decent at. Penske has done well at that racetrack. But not only uh, Cheslowski uh, in his time when he was there at Penske and then Logano as well. But Blaney's done well there too. Uh, when he, whether he's in a Wood Brothers car or a Penske car. So I'll go with YRB uh, as my wild card pick. It's it's a bit of a reach, but you know I'm reaching. Who cares? Um, we'll see what happens in regards to that. Uh, Josh, uh, it's your time, sim segment. Tell us what's going on on uh, iRacing and what your prep is looking like in a busy month uh, with a lot of racing going on, big races coming up. Yeah, I mean, this past weekend, of course, um, I mean, I was you know sick throughout the week, but had a little bit more time than usual and uh, ran some 87s at Daytona. Uh, but, I mean, the focus now this week is going to be Indy. The fixed Indy 500 is uh, this weekend, so looking probably to compete on Friday night like I did last year, uh, get it out of the way at the beginning of the weekend. Uh, so probably have some plans uh, with family Uh this uh, Saturday and Sunday, but so try to aim for Friday night. Uh, but yeah, try to been trying to just run some qualifying tests on my own. Uh, you know, just trying to run the four lap uh, average and trying to get a good average so I can uh, get into you know a good uh, good split. Uh, last year, I think I was in the second or third highest split on Friday night, so uh, should be interesting, and you know, hopefully you can do it again. And you know, I definitely know my way around uh, competing uh, at Indy in in this car now. So, and in general, been you know pretty comfortable running in the the Indy car on iRacing. So, you know, I definitely believe that I can win the race. Honestly, uh, I think I yeah I won once already this year on the or twice already this year in the Indy cars uh, once on the Indy Oval. So, uh, you know, I definitely know I can do it on, on this track and, you know, my strategy is going to be run, run the outside in traffic and then, uh, try to, you know, draft up close onto the straightaways to, you know, uh, get a good run going into turn three or into turn one on the low side. So, uh, it's going to be a, 
you know, good race, I think. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully we're there at the end uh, to be able to win it. And, you know, last year, uh, crashed out on lap 137, I think, uh, hit, hit the wall off of turn four, got loose and crashed into another car. So, uh, hopefully, you know, better result than last year and, you know, just be able to make it to the end and, uh, be able to finish the race. And, uh, you know, I definitely believe, you know, if we're up there at the end, I, I do believe I can win this one. So, uh, that's, you know, kind of the mentality you got to have. You got to be, be able to believe that you can win and, you know, got to be in it to win it. Yeah, exactly. And with the way, you know, the way I've been able to run in these cars, you know, I'm super comfortable in it, you know, compared to a year ago, definitely know all the intricacies and, um, you know, know how to run in traffic. So, um, the things that I ran into last year, being able to, you know, with, with pace and everything, I think, um, and being in traffic, I think I'd be able to avoid that and, you know, definitely, um, be able to avoid some of the issues I had with, uh, understeer in traffic. And I, you know, I think, uh, you know, we're gonna have a good shot. So that's going to be the focus this week. And then, um, next week, or next, yeah, next Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the open series, uh, one. So, you know, I have a chance to compete in both, but you know, the fixed one is, uh, the one where I feel like I'm definitely going to have a better chance of winning in, um, you know, cause the, the open one, you know, a lot of people develop their own setups and a lot of, um, people in the community develop their own thing. Um, and you know, have a really good race cars and stuff that not to say that I can't do that, but obviously, you know, they've been doing it longer than me and they know a lot more than I do. So, um, as far as being able to be competitive and you know, actually win the fixed one's probably the shot there, but I do intend on trying to run both, uh, events. So, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully you have, a, you have the logo on your car, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I still do. Cool. I haven't changed it. So you'll see it on there. Uh, or well, I mean, the stream doesn't show the logo on there. Uh, so, because it's you know it's showing from from the cockpit view unless you know of course i uh show the uh replay or the the car before and which i'll yeah i'll do but uh yeah other people are going to see it so it's uh going to be a fast car for sure so um that's that's the hope go out there and and win the iRacing indy 500 so uh no pressure but you know and i know what to do behind the wheel just do your thing man yeah I, i have faith we we all have faith our our small uh fandom that we have here but i got faith in you brother i know you can do it um and uh you have the strat you're able to go and figure out all the intricacies you know maybe you can figure out some fuel saving you could turn into scott dixon well Um, see i've learned that the last you know couple of months uh, how to save fuel in in this car and um you know what fuel mappings to use uh you know to save gas and um i mean there was uh, there was a race i think earlier this year where i i did run and i ran out on the off of turn four and had the lead and i think i crawled home in second so you know i just got to uh, be able to just save just a little bit more and we'll, you know, we should have it. But, um, I, I know how to gallon. save, save the, uh, with the fuel mapping and, you know, also with the weight jacker and, uh, the anti-roll bars on the front and, and the back, knowing how to, uh, adjust up and down on, on those to keep up with the racetrack and, you know, keep up with, uh, traffic, especially being, being in dirty air. You said the weight jacker and and the anti roll bars, and then I just heard Scott Goodyear talking about using your tools. Um, yep. But you know, the fact of the matter is, you're way more suited than I am to all this. Uh, and I got faith in you. You don't need my help. I know you. You got it. And uh, 
the whole the people that listen to this show ha- want to see you win. I personally want to see you win because uh, it would be cool. Because I I don't know what it's like to see Josh really get excited. Um, oh. So like, it, could it be like you could go and have like an explosion, like how um, Jimmy Broadband did when he went and won the Indy Five Hundred? Could it be that my boy? is able to really emote um, or are we going to say subdued and you're gonna be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the good guy. Yeah. And I'm just going to go, I'm going to go win the race and I'm just going to go out with my family. You'll be mad chill. I mean, and then you're going to quietly just go and go in and you're going to be drinking that gin and juice like Snoop Dogg uh, or whatever. Um, I'm curious, but I think I want to see you get a, get a W just for that. So we can talk about it here on the GSP, but either way, Gripshire podcast, uh, Indy car at, on iRacing should be fast because my boy is driving it. It's not me. Cause it'd probably end up in the fence. Um, not because I don't know how to drive on a sim. It's because there is a, there is a talent to it. There are people like Parker Retzlaff. That's proof that you can go and translate that to actual racing because Ryan Seek finally figured out, Oh, I need to put somebody else in a car that actually knows what he's doing instead of, um, whatever that McLaughlin guy who wrecks every time or his own brother, like he put Parker Retzlaff and he looks like a dweeb. Like he looks like Joey Logano's little brother. Um, but he's a really fucking good race car driver. And then there's other sim guys that have been out there. So we'll see what happens with that. You need to start doing some stuff with like Lamar or whatever and, yeah. and do some of the sports car stuff. That would be interesting too, because we might be able to get a connection with some people over there. Yeah, That's I need fantastic. to do that. Yeah, I just, I've got to, the thing is with, with the road course stuff, I've got to upgrade my equipment on there because, um, or my, well, in general, I need to upgrade my equipment, but it's just the, um, you know, with oval stuff, you can get away with some things because, um, you know, you're not really using the brakes at all. But um, braking stuff is, uh, you know, a lot. A lot of people they've you know got better equipment for me than, than me, and the using the uh, the brakes, uh, they're able to modulate it more like a real car. Where um, my stuff is um, measured by, I guess, the amount of uh, distance, I guess, that the the pedal moves on on the uh, potentiometer. So. Um, there's a little bit of difference there, but you know, I've, I've got a plan in the works to, uh, rectify that. But I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, as far as the, the computer goes, I mean, I'm all good to go. I'm, you know, recently upgraded my graphics card to RTX 3070. So, uh, you know, thanks dad gave me, gave me that, uh, hook up there, uh, at Best Buy and I was able to get that. So, um, you know, I glad to be able to pick up some frames there and be able to, um, you know, just uh, have have good frame rates, so don't have any issues with the graphics or anything like that. So you know, should be able to be deep within the the field of 33 if if it happens, and and not really lose any performance on there. And then you know, of course, um, you talked about me celebrating. Well, I mean, if I win, I'm gonna be jumping up and down, probably up, be kicking and screaming, probably if if it happens. It's not gonna be just like a, a sub dude. I'll, I'll when when good things happen. See, I have to I have to be able to um capture whenever like the the jags win or whatever yeah yeah so 
you capture me when I go and have a Charlie horse. We need to capture you <laughs> going and celebrating on your uh, Twitch stream, which is you sailor too. Yeah. Um, we need to capture you winning the Indy 500 or some race of some sort. Um, I like what that inbred guy that, that hillbilly guy, oh, that moonhead went out, moonhead went and celebrated when Junebug flipped, went and went Bobby Allison across the line. Um, that's that we need to go and we could go and edit and do whatever and we can reenact it if you go and pull it off. Yeah. So yeah, it should be exciting. And yeah, like you said, the, the, uh, Twitch stream is Twitch TV slash you sailor too. It's where you can find all the streams. And of course, where you'll find the iRacing IndyCar stream, uh, which will be, um, some, yeah, aiming for this Friday, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, the, I think the session opens at 8 PM. So I'll just, you know, probably start it around that time and then, you know, make time for that. And then, uh, you, know, you can watch, just, you know, check in. It's a long race and everything. Um, uh, you know, so, you know, just check in whenever possible or stay for the whole thing. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens and, um, you know, hopefully, like I said, come out with the win and everything. So, you know, there's that. Um, but then, you know, of course, got all the other things we got to do throughout the week, you know, like, uh, produce this video. So of course, uh, you can watch our video, uh, of the GSP, uh, on YouTube at the Gripshire podcast, uh, you know, go and like our videos, comment and subscribe and, you know, help us get up on that, uh, viewer account. So, you know, we can, uh, continue to grow the podcast on, on the video side and then also in general. So, uh, follow that there. And then of course, you know, follow me on Twitter at, at JP Huffine. And of course I'll have all the information for the streams and the YouTube stuff, uh, on there as well. So you go in there and, um, watch and, you know, click on the links and everything and, you know, get all that, uh, engagement and everything. So yeah, that's where you can follow me and where, where you can watch the video. And then of course, you know, I said, you know, you got to capture me, uh, I guess with iRacing and stuff, I mean, should have, um, probably have in the works, the, uh, pre-conversation that we had with Joe Passero where we watched your reaction to Tony Stewart winning his final race. I've been meaning to upload that one too as a bonus uh, video. So going to, going to put that's, that on. That's there. a good one. Yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, I don't really care. It was, no, uh, it it's was a good real. One, that's why it's, it's that one is classic. Um, old friends of mine, other people, it kind of fits the whole narrative here because you're the balance and you're the you're the calming influence here and I lose my shit. It kind of fits, you know, and I, I'm not embarrassed by it because I finally found it on YouTube again. And, you know, Joe, who's a good friend of ours on the show, hopefully we'll have him back here in the next couple of weeks. Might be a good time to have him next week because... Um, we're talking about the all-star race. Might just go and hit him up. Then we're going to go and talk that up. We're going to go and manifest that. I want to manifest getting a million dollars, but I'll manifest getting a guest on the show. Who's probably going to come on anyway. Um, but either way, uh, it's real raw emotion. Uh, Tony hadn't won in three years. He used up that freaking horse face piece of shit. Denny Hamlin, who fucked up and, um, uh, wheel hopped into turn 11 or whatever the hell turn it is at it. I think it was turn seven. It's turn seven at Sonoma, but they call it turn 11 because they used the thing over 50 races, but he gets to bang Leah Pruitt. So I guess he's winning anyway with a bunch of stuff. Clyde's going to be in 
in the final two guests are two cup series regulars or three of the three of the 12 cars are going to be guest drivers so that'll be something and not know where the hell he is so he's fitting twitter page at grip strip pod we are on apple podcast amazon music we'll run regular races um we'll get into the format for the cup series all-star race which is ridiculous um indy 500 uh prep will be the first day of practice for first official day of practice for indy 500 uh, leading into the indianapolis 500 qualifying coming up formula one will be at the uh, grand prix of spain catalonia uh, to of course spanish drivers there and the big battle between leclerc and verstappen amongst other racing series that will be going on we'll go over all those things here on the grip trip podcast uh, we thank you for listening please uh, like listen follow give us uh, feedback let us know what you want to hear or what you want to see uh, for josh i'm phil take care god bless take care of one another be good to one another and goodbye